You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by Adult Time. Created by award-winning filmmaker and previous podcast guest, Brie Mills, Adult Time is a streaming service exclusively for adults. Adult Time is a platform where mature audiences can access a huge variety of premium adult content. Dubbed the Netflix of porn, Adult Time offers an extensive catalog of over 180 channels, 60,000 episodes, and at least five new releases every day from some of the most recognized studios, including Girls Way, Pure Taboo, Burning Angel, Fantasy Massage, Vivid Entertainment, and so much more. They also have exclusive original series, feature films, and much more. Get one week absolutely free by creating an account at adulttime.com and using the promo code HOLLY. That's A-D-U-L-T-T-I-M-E dot com and use the code HOLLY. Hello, listeners. Do you love this show? Are you thinking to yourself, man, it's so great that Holly gets all this free content for us to enjoy. I wonder if there's any way that I could support her and help her to create even better content. Well, you can. And I'm going to actually give you something in return for your support. By joining my Patreon at patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered, not only will you be supporting this independent endeavor, which is my podcast, but you will also get all kinds of super cool perks that are available exclusively to members of my Patreon. That means that you will be able to watch my interviews live as they happen and therefore access them way before everybody else does. You will also be able to get signed prints from my guests. You'll be able to access exclusive bonus content such as My LA Porn Life, the podcast that I do with my production manager, Eva, as well as some exclusive interviews that I do on set with some of the biggest stars in the industry. There's so much at my Patreon for you to enjoy, and I would absolutely love it if you would just go give it a peek, see if it might be worth a couple bucks for you to support the show that you love so much. So go to patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered. I have been waiting weeks to release today's episode. I actually recorded this episode with Xander Corvus a few weeks ago, and it was such an amazing interview that I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I recorded this so far ahead of time. I have to wait like three weeks to release this. And everybody who watched it on my Patreon, because as you know, you can watch all of my interviews live all said what an incredible interview it was. And um, I've just been so excited to release this out into the general public. So the reason that I love this interview is because it's a wonderful example of how this show can be a show where I interview porn stars and people in the sex industry, but our conversations don't necessarily have to be about porn or sex. And that's exactly what this episode is about. 
I mean, sure, of course, we do talk a little bit about porn. You know, I asked Xander how he got into the industry, that kind of stuff. But almost immediately, our conversation delves into religion, the meaning of life, um, how the universe works, what it's like to grow up biracial, all these incredibly heady and fascinating subjects that have nothing to do with the porn industry, honestly. And it's, I think, one of my best interviews I've ever done. It's also one of the longest ones I've done. It was um, way more than an hour and we could have gone on for so much longer because I was just absolutely riveted. And I'm just so glad that I got to sit down with Xander because it was really a truly invigorating conversation to say the least. And he's an incredible guy. And I think you guys are going to absolutely love this one. So don't take my word for it. Judge for yourself and welcome Xander Corvus to Holly Randall Unfiltered. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I have the amazing Xander Corvus on. Uh, I'm very excited to have you. I've had so many people request you for like a really? Sim- oh yeah, yeah, a oh, lot of people. Okay. Um, so I'm I'm glad to finally have you here. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I'm excited. And I haven't. I never really get to see you because well, you're a contract star with Brazzers. Yeah, well, yeah, my the company Mind Geek, Geek, but yeah. yeah, they normally don't they normally say like Brazzers contract star because that's, that's like the most recognizable website. I think that that's kind of more like a like a like a I'm a Brazzers contract, right? You know, right. You know what I mean, like that's yeah. when you're trying to like. Yeah, showboaty about it, but it's like no, it's like Mind Geek. It's a corporation that owns. Correct, but like things. if you're gonna say, you know, if you're gonna be introduced somewhere, like a civilian. Yeah, you're right. not gonna be like this is a Mind Geek contract star. They're be like, who the fuck is Mind Geek? Right. You know what yeah. I mean? So like, Browsers is the name that's recognized. So that's right. What, yeah. But, but yeah. So I don't shoot. So yeah, um, so everybody knows like. Holly was just kicking me under the table. Sorry. And I, like, uh, I think she's trying to drive me to a certain point. She wants me to say the right thing. Provoke reaction. <laughs> um, but I only shoot for twisties for them now, mm-hmm. which is a girl, girl only website. So I never get the opportunity yeah. to work for you. And then any other companies that I shoot boy, girl for, obviously you're not going to shoot boy, girl for because you're under contract. Right. Well, and I actually got really excited too. And like, because I, I did hear that that you were doing the twisties thing, mm-hmm. and I, and I think I think I was unclear on the fact that mm-hmm. there's no more boy girl at all. Because I used no. to shoot boy girl for twisties. Yes, um, and I did hear you were on there, and I got really excited. Yeah, and then well, home office was like, yeah, well, no. <laughs> yeah, like, well, here's oh, the funny okay. thing. So I've actually been shooting for twisties for over a decade. I've been shooting for twisties mm-hmm. before Mind Geek took them over. Really? Back when it was owned by Shap. Yeah, I've did been. Did I shoot for you for? No, I don't think so. No, hmm. but okay. So yeah. So here's the funny thing. So I've actually I'm the longest running shooter for Twisties of all their producers. I've been there the longest. Okay. Um. So give me more money. Just kidding. No, seriously, give me more money. Um. <laughs> shoot me for it. No, they're they're really good to me. I I love I love working for Twisties. But um. Yeah. So I was always only ever given the girl girl stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. I was never given the boy girl stuff, and I don't know if it's because. They didn't. A lot of people think I don't shoot boy girl. That's never been true. You've I've, shot me. I've always boy shot yeah. boy girl, but people, for some reason, because so much of what I shoot is solo and girl girl, they assume I'm a girl girl only shooter. Right. So they never asked me to shoot boy girl for twisties. I've shot a couple, like back when they were doing boy girl, but 
but not many. And I did shoot for browsers. I did maybe like 10 shoots for them. And then I worked for Digital Playground for a while. Um, but basically, I have not had the opportunity to work with you. And the last time I shot you was when you were brand fucking new. Mm-hmm. And I shot you at my mom's ranch for yep. Suze.net. And it was with MMA. Yes, that beautiful, beautiful girl. Oh, she was so hot. And I was so like, ah, just swoon. And I remember <laughs> thinking so like, this kid did really good. He's going to do well. And look, I was so right. But you, you shot me again too. You shot me a couple times. You shot me with um, Skin Diamond and uh, was it Skin Diamond and um, what's, what's her stage name? Asphyxia Noir. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, for Net too, right? Yeah. Yeah, as well. I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, it was. it was on the ranch. It was, yes. And then did I shoot you again after that? I'm pretty sure you did. I, just I don't uh, think so. I don't. Yeah, there was so. something else that was out in front of like you know that little. It, it would have been for Susan. It would have been for Susanet. I've never shot you for any other company. I don't yeah, believe. yeah. No, it was something in some little dining area. It was outside because the M, the Emma thing. I could literally go on Susanet right now and actually look it up. Yeah, that's. Oh no, I can't because we don't list stuff by guys' names. Never mind. Wow. Sorry. Sorry. Hey, it's just, a really just, archaic CMS and I can't get them to change it because dildos, they don't they don't update anymore. <laughs> so anyways, the point is is that I haven't seen you in a long time and it's lovely to see you. And you said that my mom asked you to go fox hunting? She did. Oh my yeah, god. She she was she <laughs> It was the first time I met her and the first time I met Suze, she was on a horse. Yep. And she rode up to the to the fence. And started talking to me and my old agent, and I think I don't know if I don't know if you were there. Mm. I think you probably were, but uh, yeah, she came up and we were talking about. Um, I think it was like the second time I shot there, mm-hmm. and she was talking about the last shoot I did, blah blah. And she was like, she was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I hope to see you do well, blah blah. And then mentioned something about going foxing or something <laughs> like that. And I was like, am I in like a like a movie from like the 1800s? Like, what the hell just happened that I got invited? Yeah, my like, mom is a is a different kind of uh, different breed of character. It's interesting though because my mom, because I know her so well yeah. and I know her methods, she purposely tries to make sure that anybody new that she meets at the mm-hmm. ranch, she's on a horse. Like she really, per- oh, one hundred percent, lording like a psychological Absolutely. thing. Absolutely, yeah. Ass. And she's all about establishing dominance. Like That's she's really, really cool. bad about that. Yeah. <laughs> and so she loves to meet people when she's on a horse because it's like this, you know, this English woman rides up on this horse and she's really tall and hot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, looking just, down yes. on you, the whole fucking <laughs> the thing is planned. One hundred percent. She's it's, like, I'm just stopping to talk to you, but I have things to do over this way. Yes, I need to go foxing. Yeah. <laughs> it was really. Really cool. I yeah, really she's uh oh my god, Jim South. Do you know who Jim South is? Yeah, Probably. you do. I, okay. I never met him. I don't think I met him. So he's like him. the OG original agent. Like back in the day, there was right. literally Jim South, and that was it. There was some other guy, I think named Reza, something like that. But like Jim from South Wu-Tang is Clan? the guy. Is that someone from Wu-Tang Clan? Yeah, Reza. Oh, okay. yeah, never mind. Oh, it's, sorry. sorry, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> the cutest smile. I love it. <laughs> I like Wu Tang Clan, but I don't know them that well. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Um, so anyhow, he had a surprise birthday party for his 80th, and I took my mother, and this was last weekend. And oh my god, because my mom is she retired years ago. She she hasn't been around people in the adult industry for a really long time. Right. And I spent like the first half of the party 
telling her to stop grabbing people's dicks and like kicking them and like being like, mom, you can't do that. Mom, mom, you can't do that. And then I was like, you know what? I give up. And I realized actually like these people know my mom and they've known her for decades and they know Hurricane Sue's and I don't need to protect them. From Hurricane her. Sue's. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And they, everybody was really happy to see her, but she's just like so outrageous mm-hmm. um, that, you know, I just get embarrassed. I mean, that's how well, all that's kids parents. are. Yeah, that's parents in general. Parents are, like, my mom's embarrassing on like a different level. I'll put my dad, I'll put my dad on speakerphone sometimes, like when my friends are around, yeah. just so they can hear how ridiculous he is. How, like, so what is your dad he, like? Oh my God. He's just, he's so like, just like, okay, ever since he found out that I did porn Mm -hmm. he is he was always like openly like talked about sex stuff and whatever Mm -hmm. it was like because my parents were like swinger kind of like oh so we're fine they like kind of partied and stuff back then that kind of they did a lot but um my dad now he will just call me and his i was at the gym with one of my friends and (laughs) he called me and i was like oh hey dad what's up he's like oh mikey i got i gotta tell you i i just had the best orgasm of my life (laughs) i "I don't think i've ever come that much before and i was like Hey, Dad. Well, uh, okay, and then my, my my stepmom is on the phone, but like is in in the room with him, and goes. She was like, "It was amazing. It was so much." And I was like, "Fucking all right." That's, oh my I'm, god, that's so. I'm funny. at the gym with people, so uh, <laughs> we could just wrap this up, Dad. That's that's really neat. He's always so so openly crazy about that kind of that's stuff. That's so funny because the strange thing about my parents is, yeah, same. I mean, obviously, like very sexually open, and they were swingers as well. Right. But the strange thing. Is is that my mom like never wanted to talk about her like sex like personal sex stuff with me like she would mm-hmm. never say that she would call herself like the prudish pornographer mm-hmm. and like sometimes my dad would like I mean I know all the <laughs> stories of what they did when they were when they were younger mm-hmm. um, but like she would never speak explicitly like about her sex life to me and well even if she was a little bit drunk and she'd like tell me you know about you know how great Jim Brown was in bed um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> who, like nobody knows who he is, yeah. but um, who is that? Yeah, who is that? He was mind? a very famous uh, linebacker, football player. Oh, the, okay, the football yeah. player. Okay, like, I didn't know if he meant. Yeah, he was, was, no, he's uh, yeah. I guess Jim Brown's a very like, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> Jim Brown. A lot of people could be a lot of different people, but there's yes, Jim, it was the I'm football player. A lot of Jim Browns. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was the football player. Um, but yeah, otherwise she's not. Oh, and I totally just said my real name earlier and that's fine because everyone knows it. Yeah. That's I, like, I I've done that. it on every like, podcast. <laughs> like every, like I just kind of just, I don't care. Well, like, I mean, honestly, these days Google, with like doesn't matter. Google yeah. fucking WikiLeaks, yeah, it it's doesn't matter. like everybody's name is out there, you know, unfortunately. And, and the other thing, like, sorry to, to totally that's digress, okay. but the, the, um, it's like, honestly, like now since like, Everybody in my family, like I probably would have been like, oh no, if it was like my second year in the industry mm-hmm. and I f- still thought I was like under the thing and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm just under the radar. But now like, you know, after your family knows and you've established yourself, like I'm proud of what I do. Yeah. So I don't really care. Yeah. You know, I'd rather not have like, <clears throat> it gets annoying on like Facebook and on Twitter and stuff when people like go and like some, some dude did that the other day. It was like, hello, or hello, Mike or something on my Twitter. And I was like. You're on Xander Corbus's Twitter dipshit. Like, what do you, why? Yeah. Like, are you trying, are you trying to deliver like a, oh, he's got me? Like, yeah. fuck yourself. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, that's yeah, so, yeah. like, like yeah. you don't have any special relation to me, motherfucker. Like, right. I don't know. Are we allowed to cuss a lot? Cause I cuss a yes, lot. Okay. Totally. No Shit, yeah. problem. Fuck yeah. Cuss all you want. <laughs> so, how did you, 
how did your parents react when they found out that you were in porn? Was it hard for them at first? Yeah, my mom freaked out because she's like quite religious and all mm. that. So she had a whole like breakdown of like, oh, what happened to you and Jesus? And, blah, blah, blah. and I was just like, <laughs> I kind of only went to youth group for the girls. I don't know if I ever really believed. But, uh, but religion actually really did affect me a lot because, yeah, my mom got saved when I was like 10 and they had their party lifestyle, you know, oh, wow. you know, their crazy party and doing all the wild stuff that my parents did. Um, uh, and then that all ended. So that really put a lot of crack in the marriage, you know, it really messed up their uh, relationship. Cause my dad was like, I like doing all these things. And now that you're uh, yeah. religious and it's out of the picture, like, wow. What the fuck? Like, yeah. What an incredibly huge shift. Yeah. He giant shift. Yeah. yeah. So, um, <clears throat> yeah. So like with me, with religion, I, I really struggled with, um, the concept of, loving God and the fact that hell could be a place that existed. So I cried a lot as like a kid, like trying to deal with that. Mm. Like the fact that like, like I had a freak out one time during one of our Bible studies, I had like a legit meltdown because mm-hmm. we were, we were at the youth group Bible study that we were, um, the, the church I was a part of. And, um, we were talking about how important mission work is because we go and like, we'll go to the Amazon or like, you know, some, remote place in South America or something to show, you know, to teach these people about the the gospel and all this stuff. And uh, so we can save them. Right. And that was the whole idea was to mm-hmm. move the, 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 the mission forward thing. And um, I, uh, I get like a little, uh, when I talk about it, but like I, uh, so <clears throat> basically if I had a question about that, I was like, well, what happens to them if they don't know, like if they don't know about Jesus, if they don't yeah. know about the word, then, then how, if you don't reach those yeah, like people, the, well, people you don't reach. And they're like, oh, well, God just judges them on the contents of their heart then. And I'm like, okay, so <laughs> we're fucking them. Like we're delivering, we're going to a people who've never heard anything about this, mm-hmm. bring them this fucking outlandish story with talking snakes and zombies and shit. And all of a sudden they were fine. They could have been, if they were just nice people, then they would be in heaven and they'd be fine. If they were shitty, they'd go to hell. Okay, I can deal with that yeah. idea, right? Right. But the fact that now these innocent motherfuckers are just in the woods being the most the most human, right? Mm-hmm. The most human you can be. Right. Now we've delivered them this message. So, hey, either believe this insane shit. Either Spider-Man's real or you're going to die now and be fucked forever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You deliver them this insane message. And they, I, I flipped out because I was like, how dare you? Why the fuck would we ever go there? Like, Hold that's you? so cr- – I was maybe – 13, 14. Wow. Yeah. And I fucking lost it. I was so angry. You know, that's a really, um, I feel like that's a really insightful way to look at that. Did anybody, did any of your friends see that as well? I was in a Christian punk band. (laughs) That was my first band. We were like Christian oi street punk type stuff. And I was about that age and all those guys got it and they got really pissed off too. Did you guys sing about Jesus? Uh, We only had like one song, but I didn't write that song. Like okay. our, our drummer's brother wrote the song okay. and I just performed it. Um, but all of our other songs were actually about how shitty the church is now judgmental and hypocritical and all this kind of stuff. But the people in our youth group didn't really know that. Uh-huh. <laughs> they didn't really understand. But like we, right. had, we had this song called old lady brigade and it was about how, um, it was about how, uh, how everybody looked at us when we walked into church. Cause yeah. we, you know, we had the bullet belts and the leopard pants. Yeah. And I had the Liberty spikes and Corey yeah. and Matt had Mohawks and you know, and like people looked at us when we walked into church and like judged us on it. Yeah. And like one time 
Sorry, I, I do this all the time. I just digress into shit. It's totally but fine. The, so we don't have like was, see, see this. See how yeah. this is completely oh, blank? blank slate. I love it. Yeah, we're we're good. I don't <laughs> but, know why uh, I have this. Totally I love it. I love it. Don't eat it. <laughs> but um, we uh, we one time this um, one of the like church ushers like saw us coming in and was like, hey, uh, hey guys, we love that you're a big part of the youth group and you know you're really involved in all this stuff and. We just um we just were thinking maybe like when you come to to service when you come to worship um it'd be just a little more respectful to the other people here if you just dress a little more appropriately and my friend Corey like without missing a beat was like well that'd be <clears throat> he was like yeah that'd be really interesting if we actually came to church to respect people huh <laughs> and I was just like oh shit <laughs> and me and all my like punk rock buddies were like fuck yeah that was awesome and then we just went into church and did our thing and then uh, <laughs> we were like there was another time where we were uh, in the worship. Like actually the worship time thing. Yeah. And there was this there was this guy. Uh, basically there was this thing that would happen where like during the worship songs, like one fucking poser would stand up and then all the other posers would stand up, right? Mm-hmm. And so they were like, Oh, and we called it the wave of grace. And we would always just do like the wave thing, like, Oh, look, it's happening. Everybody's fucking moved. Yeah. Like it's like, yeah, if you feel moved to like worship in a different way, then do it. That's right. beautiful. But if it becomes this like you feel obligated. Going with the herd thing, yeah. you know, where you're just doing it because everybody else is doing it. Like, that's the most empty shit ever. Like, right. it's so lame and almost disrespectful to the thing you're supposed to be worshiping and praising. Right. So we would always just sit unless we felt like we were into it. Unless the song is really good and we really felt moved by it and we wanted to move to it, then for sure. This usher comes up and he's like, oh, guys, uh, it's kind of rude if you guys aren't standing while everybody else is standing. And I was like, it's kind of rude that you're talking in church. And we, once again, we all were like, hey, hey, hey. you know what I mean? And it was just one of those things where See, like, this we is, had, this is so interesting to me. Cause I've literally never been to church. I was raised an atheist. That's, I think you have you by never, by never involving yourself in anything like that, mm-hmm. have a, have a more pure connection to whatever it is that's beyond all this. Right. Anyway. Because once you start structuring shit and trying to put God in a box and stuff, like mm-hmm. the concept of God is, is so like, that the concept of God is is even putting it in a box, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. So when any time a human tries to tell you that um, it un, like this, I, I understand how this is, and I've written this book to tell you how this is what God wants, and this is what no, this is what a person wants. Right. This is what your mind reasoned yes. from something far beyond what you can ever even have an inkling of a conception of mm-hmm. what the hell goes on. Like this fucking thing is busy building stars. If it's a, if it's a sentient thing, it's, mm-hmm. it's organizing the universe. And you, yeah. th- you think it gives a shit about <laughs> whether you're jerking off or you're gay? Like, no, it's got yeah. shit to do, man. Yes, like exactly. it doesn't care at all. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, I, I, I despise the idea of organized religion. I think it's the, it's the, the worst, most cancerous thing that's ever happened to like. Yeah spiritually and yeah unfortunately it's and you know it's like it's one of those things that you can kind of like twist it whatever way you want you know there's people who you know have religion and they believe it in a way that works for them and they don't let it you know guilt them into you know hating i mean i think the whole idea of like you know original sin and all the guilt is is really a terrible thing to teach your children that like you were born you were born bad and you need to spend the rest of your life Repenting, for repenting that. for that, which seems to be crazy to me. But I also, you know, there's there's people who really need it, and I totally understand the need to believe in something bigger than yourself, which is fine. But right. th- I think that that relationship is a personal thing. I don't right. think it shouldn't be talked about. Right. I don't think you should have to like keep your religion in like a little. Oh, like I can't speak yeah. to how I feel about God. You can always. It's great to have conversations about how you feel about God and how mm-hmm. what you think. Um, 
<clears throat> brings you closer to, I'm just using God as a term because it's relatable. You know right. What I mean? But, um, I think that's, you can use it as an acronym for so many things. Good orderly direction. Yeah. Oh, some AA stuff. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, group some, of drunks. Yeah. Group of drunks. Yeah. Whole, whole bunch of things. Yeah. The, um, but I think, um, oh, fuck. God. Yeah. The personal, religion. yeah. The personal, <laughs> the personalized thing of it is like, uh, here's just a little, this is just a little roundabout philosophy of like what I think mm-hmm. is happening. Okay. Right? So if there was this thing and I wrote a paper on this when I was like in high school uh, for my youth group, which didn't go over well, um, <laughs> but, um, I said like, so basically if God is this thing <clears throat> that is, if we're going to call it a sentient thing, right. If it's right. got its own concept of reality and right. time. Um, I was like, okay, so this thing exists in and out of time. It's always been, never wasn't, you know, it always will be, this omnipresent thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just has a giant playground of universe to create and observe and do all this kind of stuff, right? It can literally do anything at any time. Like right. It's formless and it's form. It's all the things. Um, <clears throat> so it has no concept of mortality or, or, or like a, what's important in a limited time frame, mm-hmm. right? It just has its omnipresent view of everything all the time. So I think, in order for it to learn more, because I think that's all it's doing is it was kind of alone in this thing and it doesn't know what's happening around it. So to learn about this open playground of a universe that it's in, it creates all different forms of life and matter for those things to experience. Right. Mm-hmm. So during our experience, like we're, it's basically like we're a bunch of little satellites that have been sent out by a scientist just to observe all these different things. So dogs, cats, um, microbes, like all these different things are different forms of life that have learned to adapt and protect themselves and multiply and, um, attack things even like just really learning to <clears throat> let life completely go and see what happens. It's like a science you know? experiment. Yeah. It's a, an observational science experiment. You know, yeah. it's like, and that's also why I believe that God doesn't intervene because right. if you intervene in an experiment, you ruin the results. Mm-hmm. It's no longer like a valid experiment right because if you're like if the thing if you're watching to see if this like falls off once if on a balance and if you're like oh i don't, I don't want it to fall off that side so you're going to tip it right now you've done it and it's right. you've ruined the entire purity right so um yeah i don't think i think that that's the whole and this is just my concept this concept right. of it, you know so it's like i feel like that's all that god wanted to do right was to see every intricate aspect of what its universe is so you don't think that there it has any like necessarily emotion or attachment to anything or any influence? Like, do you believe in like manifesting things? Do you believe in like praying to God if there's something that, that you power. want? Okay. I don't think that we can. I don't think there's like a like a cash and receipt type thing with mm-hmm. God, like where you can go and be like, "Hey, help me with my homework." I know there's starving kids and like horrible atrocities going on in the world, but I need my biology homework. Like, <laughs> no, like I don't think, I don't think that that's the thing. I think if anything, we can focus our own energy on stuff and like mm-hmm. really that's, that's the only manifesting thing I really believe in. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. There could be a whole universe of magic we don't understand. And we call it magic because we haven't figured science to it yet. Right. You know what I mean? right. Like psychic things and things like that. I'm sure we're going to evolve that shit anyway. Like mm-hmm. we just keep evolving new things all the time. So the, uh, I don't think that's too far fetched, but I also, yeah, I don't believe that God will interfere in the experiment. I don't think, but I, and also people can take that as like a, 
they can take that like dark nihilistic stance where it's like, yeah, nothing matters and God doesn't care. God's dead. Like, right. I don't believe that. I think that it just look at the way. Okay. Look at the way we look at bacteria growing on your sink. Okay. Right. You don't care about it. Right. You just want it to not be there. Right. Okay. It doesn't mean you're a monster. Like, <laughs> uh, technically that is genocide on a huge <laughs> level. Right. So technically you're a fucking war criminal, but <laughs> you're not because it's something that is so tiny. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't, it, it is not valid like that in your universe. Right. You know what I mean? Gotcha. And I think that that's, people love to believe that, oh, humans, we are very special. We're these things that like, you know, oh, like why would God's God care about us? God's We're God's children. chosen fucking. Right. Oh, okay, he made really? one of us in his image. Yeah. Do you know how many, there's more stars. One of him in <laughs> our image. Yeah. One uh, of him in our image. He was made in our image, I think. Right. But, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Again, and there was church, so sorry. No, no, no. I'm not talking about the church part. I'm talking about what I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Was, yeah. But, um, no, I think that, um, yeah, well, shit, where was I? Yeah, bacteria, genocide. <laughs> yeah, bacterial <laughs> genocide. Um, no, just I the idea that, that, yeah, that God, like, I think you're trying, you're saying that as, as much as we want to believe we're the center right. of the universe, yeah, we're, we're not. Special. Yeah, we're very much not. We're not, right. we're an outward spiral arm, little tiny thing mm-hmm. that's so small. So what But do it you, doesn't mean we're useless. Right. It means we're, it means we're very special because we are tossed into this thing without any guidance or any way to decide yeah. what we're going to do with our lives. But that's what makes it beautiful and important. Right. Is we give meaning to whatever we want to give meaning to. Like meaning isn't assigned to us. Right. We assign things meaning. I like that. So what do you think then is the meaning of life or what do you think you are here for? Like, do you, what do you feel like your presence on this earth is for? Whatever I want it to be. Whatever, whatever I, whatever path I take is the right path. Like it's, there's not like a wrong path because even if you do evil shit, that's when heroes can step in and become what they are, what they are. You know, mm. that's how you get heroes. That's how you get good people. You need, you need <clears throat> altruistic, wonderful people to show up and stop terrible people from doing terrible things. It's like natural disasters when like the best of humanity comes out in natural disasters. Like, yeah. People like trying to help out strangers yeah. and rescue. You I think know. humans are in fact natural disasters and <laughs> relief yeah. efforts. You know, there are people there are people that exist right now who are disastrous human beings and yes. they're hurting a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take the right kind of people to go about it the right way to stop these people from doing terrible right, things. Right, right. I read it. Because a natural, natural disaster. I wish I could remember who it was. I, I almost want to say that, that <laughs> I think I remember who the author was, but I don't want to misquote <clears throat> myself, myself, them. But mm. th- it was um, this whole idea that like our problem is kind of that we live in such an easy world mm. that we have everything's yes. instant gratification. We don't have to fight for a lot. We don't have to work hard for a lot. And that human beings are conditioned to handle natural disasters and how that sense yeah. of like living in a, in a hard life builds a sense of community and a sense of purpose and that people these days, and this is, you know, especially true with the rising instances of anxiety and depression and suicide, like the more, the easier life gets and like the more technology helps us like navigate, you know, the simple things and the more like almost like free time we have or the more, you know, things that we can achieve, like the unhappier we become. Yeah. Was that the entertaining ourselves to death? No. You know what I'm talking about though? No. I mean, it's, 
Yeah, it was wasn't that book. It was about how yeah, instant gratification and <clears throat> media and stuff like that is triggering this. But no, that what you're saying I, is super, super yes. Yeah, yeah. super I, yes. I, yes, super yes. Um, <laughs> the most yes. Uh, and that's terrifying because I talked about I've talked about this before where it's, you know, our generation doesn't so much have a great war or some thing yeah. we can rally behind. They so were literally our saying crisis like this is we're we're it's it's it sounds demeaning to like how huge it is to say it's a crisis of boredom, mm-hmm. but it it's 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 this meaningless like like with the it's it's this meaningless kind of like aimless nihilism ex- like lifestyle yeah. yeah where we don't but that's that's the trick. I think right. is that's the point of why we feel this way. And that's why like the, the powers that be want us to, 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 to maintain this feeling of, of just sexuality. Yeah. They, they, they want us to maintain this because <clears throat> that's how they sell us more things. That's mm-hmm. how they do. That's how they're like, Oh, like you're like, yeah, like I am empty and I have nothing to live. Like there's nothing really here for me. Like I don't like, or feel I'm not anything. good enough. Oh, as look, I am. a new iPhone with three cameras. Like <laughs> yeah, that's the whole, that's the yeah. whole thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause if we find individual purpose and really, if we lived in a society that allowed us to be free, free, mm-hmm. like where we could, you could shoot, you could still have, your health taken care of and all this stuff that you could have all these things and make time to just start fucking whittling. And that's like what you do now. Mm -hmm. That would be incredible. Like if you, if you're going to be that person who whatever weird thing you want to do, that's your passion. Like that shit gets crushed out of you when you're a kid, Mm. you know? And like, I remember my grandma, the reason I stopped trying to play piano because I was, I was trying to get into it when I was a kid, just to teach myself. Mm -hmm. And my grandma actually said to me one time, I was sitting there and I was trying to write this song and I was just playing these things. I kept playing this one part over and over because I was trying to figure out where to go with it. You mm-hmm. know how you do when you're playing music. And I kind of forgot. And she was like, oh my God, would you stop playing the same damn song? And I'm just like, and it crushed like a part yeah. of my like, creativity and my yep. like, soul at the time. Like I remember getting really emotional about that. Yeah. And I just stopped doing it. Yeah. Because what I was doing to try to be something I felt good about was right. crushed by somebody that I cared about and like right. respected. You yeah. know what I mean? It's crazy how as adults you can, these little, th- and your grandmother probably thought nothing of it really, you know? Well, she was treated like shit by her yeah. parents. But she, she, so I doubt she said that things. recognizing how much it would hurt you. And Absolutely it's just, not. it's funny yeah. how like kids are sponges, you know, like mm-hmm. one thing you say to them can just water off a duck's back. They don't pay any attention. One yeah. other little thing that you say to them, they're just like, it, yeah. it it affects them for the rest of their life and you yeah. carry that with you forever. My, yeah, my dude. And I, and I, I feel like therapy helps. You know, yeah, totally. Like, there was one experience I had with, uh, one of my, uh, ex-girlfriend. She, uh, her daughter one time, like, cause her family and like all of us, like we pretty much talked how we would talk normally mm-hmm. around her. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not sex stuff, obviously, mm-hmm. but there was one point where we, I got, I got them a, a Wii for, for Christmas. I got the little one a Wii for Christmas and we were all sitting there playing Mario party and uh, we were playing and um, she, she was in third place and she lost to Donkey Kong. Right. Mm-hmm. And like me or my ex won and she was fine with losing. Like she was okay with it and she would just try harder, try harder, which is amazing quality in a little kid. Yeah. But <laughs> as soon as Donkey Kong beat her and it showed that on the screen, she just went fucking Donkey Kong. And we were like, <laughs> don't react. 
Um, <laughs> she can't know that. Like, first off, we think that's really funny because she yeah. used it right. Like, yeah, she yeah, fucking yeah. Perfectly. Used How old it. is she? She was eight at the time. Okay, okay. But it was so fucking funny. I was just like, oh my god! <laughs> don't like, reward the yeah, swearing. Don't don't, uh, don't let her know we think that's funny. Um, yeah, <laughs> but. No, with with the other like emotional stuff like that, yeah, yeah man, that stuff really—it's crazy. Like, there's still things I hear nowadays that have an effect on me. Oh, totally. Like one of the reasons that I always have like paid for everybody's everything, which is mm-hmm. a huge problem that I have to work on too, is like not mm-hmm. trying to pay for everybody all the time because I'll do it to like really debt myself do you, almost do you, that do point. Do you want to get lunch after? Sure, let's I'm go. Um, <laughs> but um, but um, I uh, yeah, it was I. My my therapist has said like yeah like that part of that comes from the fact that your dad would always throw the, his financial situation or his financial circumstance in the kids' faces right so anytime I was like oh dad like can we go to this thing and be like we don't have the goddamn money for that blah blah, blah. right you know we don't have this and I was like Jesus and I didn't realize how much that affected me until I actually went to therapy mm-hmm. and stuff and like realized that that's yeah part of why I am the way I am now. Yeah. It's crazy. I remember. So my mom was like, mom is a huge horse person. Mm. And, um, I was, so she's a centaur. (laughs) That's good. Thanks. Um, so I rode, I was an equestrian like my whole life, like ever since I could walk. Um, I got my first pony at seven. Um, I competed. Uh, I actually qualified for the junior Olympics before I quit, which my mother still isn't forgiven me for, (laughs) but it was really like her dream for me to go to the Olympics. It wasn't mine. Um, and it was something that I didn't want to do like my entire childhood. Uh, I really like, I had to give up so many other activities so that I could ride horses. I couldn't Mm -hmm. do girl scouts. I remember being crushed about that. I know this sounds like a horribly like white privilege problem. And I get that. And it is, but but it's in, it's still like, you can't, like deny how things make you feel. So that's what I'm saying. It's, it's totally valid. Like it doesn't matter what state of privilege or anything somebody was born into. Right. Like emotional shit still affects you emotionally. You can't, you're not just crying and like wiping your tears with hundred dollar bills. It doesn't make you feel better. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like shit still affects you. Right. The human brain's fucked no matter how much money you have or how what privilege or race or anything. So true. We're easily, we're such fragile little shits. So true. So, I just like absolutely. And you know, now that I kind of do whatever I want to do, like I absolutely hate, like I'm so obsessed with control now. And I think a lot of it Mm. was because I felt like I couldn't control like what I did as a child. I was very Mm. much about like, you know, what my parents, thank you. I need more hand space. No, I was going to see if you would put it back. I was just, I was experimenting on your control (laughs) thing. Okay, God, you're doing good. You're doing really Oh, <laughs> half the thing. I'm playing chess now. All right. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, I mean, I think that that's a huge reason why I'm so obsessed with control because I didn't have, I didn't feel a sense of control at all when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, like my mom was very much about like, you are going to ride horses seven days a week, like all the time. And, um, you know, super strict about grades and like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I very much have like issues with control now where like I have to be in control of absolutely everything. Otherwise, like I, I lose it. And, you know, obviously my mom didn't, she wasn't trying to make me crazy. It was just something that she loved to do. And she it was an right. experience she wanted to share with me, um, you know, as her daughter. And uh, she, you know, wanted me to love it as much as she did. And I didn't. And she couldn't really accept the fact that I didn't because, yeah. you know, she thinks that she always knows best. But, you know, and, and of course, it wasn't until, like, I started, you know, 
going, got sober and started going to re, uh, re started going to rehab. Like I've mm. been many times. I've only been twice. Um, yeah. <laughs> and started going to therapy totally right, yeah. that I started to realize, you know, that it wasn't, you, you like, you finally get to a point where you recognize that your parents were doing the best with what they had. Right. Well, and it's, <clears throat> that's a, that's a huge realization for I think that's kind of when you really reach like adulthood. Yeah. <laughs> it's when like you're you, like, oh, you stop, okay. Like, yeah. Blaming yeah. your parents for everything. Well, not just blaming your parents for everything, but when you stop, <clears throat> when you stop, uh, like, what's that word? Like Playing exalting your parents into, into things mm. like where you're just like, oh, like my dad, my, my dad's the strongest dad, blah, blah. And you, and, yeah. you, and you realize that your parents weren't always just right and empirically the ones who knew the things like they're just as dumb and fucking useless <laughs> as you are. Like that's like, do you they, remember they the no moment idea. when like you realized yes. your parents were like actually not this like yeah. knowing, all knowing, like yeah. all powerful being. And like, that was kind of like, whoa, yeah. you know? And then you're like, that, cause it's scary. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh fuck. Yeah. Cause like, if you can't protect me from the world and tell me what to do yeah. and be right about it, then like, I got to figure that shit out by myself. And then I'm going to have a little thing that I'm going to do the same and thing. Then I'm gonna be, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, like there's fuck, no way you're not going to fuck up your kid. Oh, yeah. Like you can be the most perfect parent ever, but there's going to be something that you're going to do unknowingly to like affect your child in some yeah. adverse way or some positive way. I mean, it's like a mixed bag, you know, my yeah, parents are great, but they weren't without their faults. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's the thing too, is we have to accept that. Yeah. Your parents are just like you in these situations. And a lot of times they were, like my mom was 20 and my dad was 25. Mm-hmm. Like they're fucking children. My, I'm older than my parents were when they yeah. had me. Like that's fucking crazy. Yeah. Like <clears throat> if I would have had a kid when I was 20, it would no, it would have been, I would, oh man, <laughs> I, I might've been better. Actually. I might've been better as a person, mm-hmm. like not as a person. That's wow. That was dark. I might, I might've not been so, I probably wouldn't have been partying and drinking and doing all you the wouldn't have been so. I yeah. I would, I would have had to dad mode down, you know, right. but you would have I had still something didn't even know that who you I was. were responsible for. Yeah. yeah. I don't like, I barely am getting to really know myself now. I feel like we never get there. <clears throat> yeah. It's, like it's always a constant it's part journey. of the whole journey. Yeah. Speaking of journey, we're going to journey on over to a commercial break to oh. hear from our sponsors. Nice. And then we'll be uh, back with more very deep, um, <laughs> dark uh, conversations. Yay. So uh, stay tuned. <laughs> Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by Blue Chew. So guys, let's talk about your penis. Specifically, your penis maybe not always working the way you would like it to. Listen, I work in the porn industry and I see erectile dysfunction all the time for a myriad of reasons. Your penis can be a pretty temperamental little guy and sometimes he just doesn't feel like working. It's nothing to be ashamed of, but there is something you can do about it. And that something is called Blue Chew. Blue Chew is a chewable with the same active ingredients as in Viagra and Cialis, and it works fast. You can take it on a full or empty stomach, so there's no worry about having to schedule those moments of intimacy. The best part is Blue Chew offers the ability to get your prescription discreetly online. No awkward doctor visits, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. My listeners are getting a special deal. Visit bluechew.com and get your first order for free when you use promo code HOLLY. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W, and use the promo code 
Holly. Chew it and do it. Over 20 years in the adult industry, and I've seen a lot of naked people. In my line of work, making sure your private parts look their best is absolutely required. An unmanicured man bush is a huge no-no, whether you're getting naked in front of the camera or just in front of your sex partner. However, the landscape of male genitalia can be tricky to navigate, which is why I'm loving this new trimmer, Manscaped. The Manscaped Lawnmower 2.0 will not only get you cleaned up without nicks or snags, but it also comes with an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. My boyfriend just used it, and let's just say it was... It was lovely. This is the perfect gift for your man. Or, if you're a man, treat yourself to this revolutionary new electric trimmer. Go to manscaped.com and use my code HOLLY to get 20% off with free shipping. That's manscaped.com, M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com and use my code H-O-L-L-Y to get 20% off plus free shipping. You won't regret it. We're back. So Xander and I were just laughing about probably how everybody's listening to this like, isn't this a porn podcast? (laughs) But as I've said many times, the show is just about actually talking to people who happen to work with me in the adult industry. And we don't always have to talk about porn. We can talk about what we're passionate about. And obviously you're passionate about many things. But before we once again, (laughs) I don't know why I have my hands out like this. Conjuring a conversation. (laughs) Before we once again somehow derail into the meaning of life, would you like to tell us how you actually got into the porn industry? And, you know, this whole thing started with me asking you how your parents reacted to that. And that and then we got into God and then it was like, woo, runaway train. I really I do that. (laughs) Conversations. You're like, so what kind of shoes are those? Well, let me tell you something about shoes. And I just like can go on to like, and that's why that's how the pyramids are built. You're like, what the fuck just happened? Um uh, so yeah, I got on a on a bet. Somebody bet me that I couldn't do it. We were drunkenly talking about it, mm-hmm. and because uh, I was making jokes about how like I was a mainstream actor first, mm-hmm. and I did a bunch of like short. Um, uh, I like I was on Nickelodeon. And really? I did, yeah, I, I was on Zoe One Hundred and One for like two episodes. And really? Then, yeah, just a small like wasn't like a huge. That yeah. wasn't like a thing. Um, I did that. I did like a bunch of. I did this. <laughs> I did these commercials for. Um, Basically, like the Italian, the Italian like major uh, cable network thing. Mm-hmm. I was on like billboards in Italy and shit. Um, but uh, I did this whole commercial thing for their DVR thing that they'd released, whatever. Like, they're, <clears throat> remember when that was the thing? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I did, yeah, yeah. I did this whole thing where it was like, yeah, this big commercial for that. And it was like, I was the son of the family and I had to like speak Italian. I don't speak Italian. And they had to like give me what to say in Italian. Why and, didn't they just hire an Italian actor? I fucking don't know. <laughs> but they, I don't know. Um, so I was doing a bunch of cool stuff like that. I was in a couple like little indie movies and things. Mm-hmm. And um, then the writer's strike happened. And there was no work at all right. for any actors, especially young, yeah, like new actors. It was nothing. Who didn't so, speak Italian. Who didn't speak Italian. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but we, uh, yeah, I was making a joke about how I was like, ah, uh, you know, I'm just going to quit and just do porn. Like I can't, Yeah, like, this is, there's no work. I'm fucked. I'm working like three jobs. And then it kept escalating and escalating and escalating. And finally 
had my first shoot for penthouse from that. One of my friends called, uh, called somebody at penthouse and set it up and then. Wow. Your first shoot was for penthouse. I got, yeah. Most guys don't get to start there. I got contracted on penthouse too. That was like the first thing I was six months. I was only allowed to shoot for penthouse. Wow. You like started at the top. I know. (laughs) Most guys have to start in like blow bangs. Yeah. Like no joke. Like they throw you into a blow bang. They're like, well, if you can keep your dick hard around a bunch of other guys who are jerking off furiously on this girl's face who doesn't care about any of you. Yeah. um, Then maybe you can make it. Yeah. So what was your first, who was your first shoot with? Um, The first one was Janet Mason. Okay. And the second one, she's which a is also the milf same redhead, redhead, right? Yeah. Okay. And then the second shoot, which is the same day, uh-huh. was. Um, wait a minute, wait a minute. Your yeah. first, you did two scenes in your first. Uh-huh. Who the fuck booked you on that? I think, I think the way, I think the way it happened was, yeah, like the second, I think they had another male talent and then it was so long ago now, but I'm pretty sure, yeah, the other male talent didn't show up. Okay. And so I, I was, was like, I say, can do it. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, cause there's and, no, first of all, I hate shooting new male talent just because yeah. like, it's not an easy job and most guys yeah. can't do it. You know what I mean? So I, like when they're brand new, it's, it's, it's tough. So if somebody's first scene, I would have never in a million years booked them on two in yeah. the same day. Most guys, professional guys can't do that. Yeah. And I, um, I, uh, yeah, I was like, this is my first time touching fake tits. Like, yeah, like I got, I got eight more of these. Let's do it. Like, yeah. But, um, did the, you have uh, a hard time? So what was, so I just you, didn't know how to open. Okay. I, yeah. I, that's I, that's I always as thing. if I would do it at home. Yeah. That's always, you know what thing. I mean? I didn't really yeah. know. You can probably find the scenes on penthouse still. I'm sure it was. Yeah. Janet Mason was the first one. And, um, Ariella Ferrera was the second one. Okay. And I think my name was actually Jack Corpus back then. Uh, but then I found out that copyrighted names aren't okay. So I was like, oh, I guess Mega Man isn't cool with everyone. <laughs> so I chose a fucking Mega Man character. Um, but yeah, so then we changed it to Xander because I was like, yeah, you know, the whole Satanism thing. And right. Xander LeVay. Right. Wow. So, okay. So you did, were you scared? You must have been nervous on your first shoot, right? No, not at all. You weren't? Nope. I was so excited. Wow. So I like having an audience. I always yeah. did. Yeah. That's amazing. And that confirmed it. I was like, I love this. This is awesome. There's people watching. I'm doing the thing. It's great. They met, the producers must have been so impressed with you. I mean, I, think I, to I was too, I was too high on like doing that. that yeah. I didn't even notice what was good or bad. Like, right. I was just like, wow. Yeah. Okay. And then, so, and then your parents found out. Right. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We are not going back wow. into God. <laughs> way, way to do that. Okay. So your mom was unhappy because she was born again. Yes. How did your father react? He, <laughs> he, he's a, he's a dude from Ohio mm-hmm. like that grew up and, you know, I think he was born, he's 60 now, 60, mm-hmm. almost 70. Um, so he has some very old school thoughts on things mm. so his first thing with me ever was i called him and i was like hey like this is why i have i'm making some money i can go come back and visit i can do different kinds of things and he was like well, yeah was it legal is it you know whatever and i'm like yeah everything's fine it's legal it's cool and i was like he's like well what is it and i was like i'm, I'm shooting porn dad and he's like goes quiet and my dad's a huge dude like he's yeah. like i've seen pictures of him yeah he's a massive man <laughs> and yeah. he is like so i when he goes quiet, that was like when I was a kid and I was like, oh. That's when it's scary. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, like, yeah. This is about to, I'm about to, oh no, this is going to be a bad day. Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes kind of quiet on the phone. I was like, oh man. And he's like, you ain't doing that gay shit, are you? And I was like, <laughs> what? No, like I just, no, I have sex with women on oh camera for God. money. And he was like, oh, son, I gave you a dick for a reason. I'm glad you're using it. And I was like, <laughs> 
<laughs> like the whole dynamic changed. Wow. Like that's when he felt like, oh, floodgates are open. So let me tell you about this blowjob. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> like, I was like, I didn't, still not super comfortable with that. But uh, <laughs> so he like, yeah, so he, his only concern was that. And, um, he was so stoked about it. Like he, he would tell me like, you know, he, him and his friends would be like having like one of their parties and they would go to like the, uh, the, the porn store in Ohio. And mm-hmm. like this is back when Spider-Man, when the, my first, <laughs> the Axel Brown Spider-Man thing came out when okay. I was Spider-Man for him. And there was a big poster of me with the backpack and the mask oh. off there. And he was like standing there, like pointing at it with his friends. Like, eh, it's, it's my boy. Like, it's like, <laughs> it's just so fucking funny. That's but, um, awesome. Yeah. So, so he supports you. Yeah, and they both do now. Mom, mom. Once I explained, like I was like, "Oh, you know, like we're tested like crazy. Everything's really regulated. Like everybody's pretty responsible." And mm-hmm. I like kind of like went over all that with my mom. She was like, "Okay, well, I just, I don't know. I just." And then now she's like, she knows where I am in the industry and like mm-hmm. what I'm doing and how. Like uh, you're one of the top male performers and you're contracted, and so like. I, I mean, I don't think any of those things, <laughs> but sure, yeah, I think I'm just a. I'm I, just. I'm a guy who facts. got lucky. Brazzers doesn't sign like mopes, you know what I mean? And there's not yeah. a lot of contract contracted male stars. That's true. Yeah. You know, and you you guys are difficult to come by. Like yeah. every time a, a a solid male performer signs a contract, I'm always so bummed. Like, <laughs> Fuck, we just lost another one because it's like you guys are hard. I mean, yeah. literally, you're hard. Ah, That's why we like you and okay, we need well, you more of you. It's very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, um, yeah, I mean, like I don't know. It's I thank you. That's a very nice thing for you to say. I'm, I'm working on taking compliments. It's a weird. It's, a, it's, it's hard to do. I usually just like deflect and make a joke. Yeah. That's always what I've done. Like I'm like red right now probably, but I um, get it. The, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of the, a lot of the difficulty in being a male performer, like it's like, I can't speak to the difficulty of female performers because mm-hmm. I am not one. So I don't really have, I don't feel like I have a place to mm-hmm. do that. Like mm-hmm. I can say the opinions of my friends who are female performers, mm-hmm. but I can't really empirically say this is how it is. But a lot of, a lot of male talent, we, we struggle, not, not we, but there's male talent who struggle with that toxic masculinity thing mm-hmm. where it's like, you want to show up and be the biggest dick and the fucking uh, fuck the girl, the hardest and do all this kind of stuff. And it's like, these are all ridiculous concepts that have, you've, you've let take hold in your brain. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you have to, like you can, you have a vagina. <laughs> Do I? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever seen it before. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, the, um, and by no one, I just mean the internet. Right. I mean, people have seen it before. <laughs> so yes. you do. Have yes, a I do. No, I so. do. Uh, you got me. <laughs> so, the, um, um, like, some of these guys will come in here and think like, you know, oh, I, you fucked the girl super hard and that's what all women want. Like, that's mm-hmm. how you know you're a fucking stud. And, you're just, yeah. eh. and to actually be good at sex and to be like, to please someone else. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you have to be, you have to be in tune with what they're feeling, how they're reacting to things. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so a lot of times I think that some guys will come into this thing 
Because I, I, I came in pretty humble. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I had no idea what was happening. So, like, when I when I met, like, Tony Rebus and, like, Mick Blue mm-hmm. and all those guys, like, I was never like, yeah, I'm going to fucking, I'm right there banging this chick with you. I'm just like, yeah, dude, like, what are you, show me what you're doing. Like, yeah. and I wanted to learn what these guys, right. how they did shit, how they treated people, how, like, how mm-hmm. all this shit ran. Like, I wasn't coming in here like, I'm going to kill this shit. And I'm badass. Like, yeah. fuck that. No, I was like, I have no idea what's happening. I'm just enjoying this ride. Right. You know? And I'm not saying that I'm better for thinking that way. I'm just saying that if you're coming in here with that cocky ass attitude, you're soap bubbling yourself. So the second that you do start to see any kind of waiver in your mm-hmm. performance, you're going to fucking explode. Yeah. And it's going to be really bad. Yeah. So it's much better to come into a thing like this with humility and, uh, and excitement to learn. Yeah. Than it is coming in pretending like you're a badass because you're going to get worked. Well, and also, too, I think what a lot of guys don't realize is that um, in in most porn scenes, it's really not that much about the guy. Mm -mm. It's about the girl. It's about showcasing the girl. And you guys are an integral part of the scene. And honestly, like the scene really relies on you. And usually the guy is is a huge part of what makes a great scene. Right. But you kind of almost don't like make that point. obvious yeah. and that's makes you a great performer. If you can showcase the girl in a great way and make her look amazing, yeah. then you've done your job. The, yeah. The metaphor that I use <clears throat> is um, like the girls are the works of art mm-hmm. and we're the way the gallery, we're the gallery that displays them. Mm-hmm. Right. So like I the, like that. you guys are the focal points. We yeah. want to make you look amazing. But if you just slapped a bunch of fucking art on a wall, yeah. then who's to say that it looks Amazing, right? Right, right. What <laughs> do you just, mean? If you just randomly did that. If you just randomly but, threw up a bunch of yeah. weird photos on the wall. Yeah, would, yeah. I support LSD. That's fine. <laughs> um, but um, no, so like, you know, like, and it, it can, you can go deeper in the analogy with like the um, the metaphor with um, <clears throat> how, uh, you know, like if you go to certain art galleries and you see how the light hits this mm-hmm. certain painting and the way mm-hmm. this light hits this certain, especially a sculpture, right? Mm-hmm. So that's easily with these lights, you know, yeah. you got to know how to put that sculpture to that light right. so that that sculpture looks fucking pristine. Yeah. You know, you have to know how to, just to like hold the girl to display her, to, to make her not look like, like no girl looks fucking just no girl looks Ah, angelic, beautiful, Mm -hmm. and like pile driver. You know what I mean? Like there's no, there's (laughs) no one looks good in pile driver. Guys, we look like, we look horrifying. And (laughs) it's a really weird position. Yeah. You like that? Like, no, who the fuck would ever like this? this Nobody likes pile driver. You know what really likes it? My neck. It's really great. (laughs) My neck is really into this. And your boobs are like, yeah, your your boobs are fucking coming up here. It's just like bad. We just look so strange, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's, um, yeah, once once guys start thinking this is about them, it's just a fucking joke. Right. It's such a joke. And like that was the old joke we would tell at Penthouse because like a lot of times when I would just be doing one scene mm-hmm. when I first started with Penthouse, uh, like Cisco and some of the other people would be like, hey, man, can you can you stick around? Like, Because you were your first scene. Can you just hang out for a In little bit? In case the other guy can't do like, it. Because we got this new guy. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's whatever. I'll hang out. Like yeah. I love everybody on set. So I'm right. like, I'm going to fucking kick it for however long. That was back when Penthouse had catering too, boy. And I was like, ooh, mm, shit. That was so much food. Back in the day. Yeah. And so I would hang out and like, you know, I would always meet the male talent guy. And if he was that dude who walked in there like, yeah, dude, I'm going to fucking wreck all these chicks. I'm going to smash so much pussy, blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, I'm going to be doing your scene. That's going to happen. 
<laughs> Good luck, bud. See you in 20 minutes when you're fucking pulling taffy for it's not going to happen. So what do you do when you, because you must have had days when maybe you're feeling a little bit off or you just didn't have chemistry for the female performer or like you really felt like no, she was I'm like. fucking perfect. Didn't want to be there. Like, yeah. or you're just really not attracted to her. Uh, How do you handle that? I, I go into like weirdo hentai land in my mind. Mm, <laughs> and so okay. I'm not even, and that's, that's usually what happens, especially like when like it's like pop shot time. Mm-hmm. If I'm like really not into a person mm-hmm. or the other thing I do is I focus on something that I find beautiful. Right. Mm-hmm. Especially so if interesting. A, every guy says that. Yeah. Almost every guy. Yeah. They find something about the girl that they like. Yeah. You have to find that one thing and just fucking laser focus. Yeah. You know? Um, and that's, that's, I mean, I think that's pretty much, that's the consensus because that's the, that's the way to do it. I think, right. you know, um, I mean, I'm sure there's some guys who would rather fucking like American psycho themselves in the mirror and like, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's probably, there's plenty of those dudes. That would be really <laughs> great actually. Like yeah. if a guy was having a hard time coming, you know, how like sometimes like they, they'll excuse themselves, to like go to the bathroom to kind of, oh, yeah. a lot of times like they watch porn on their phone I or whatever, but it would be hilarious you. if you just walked in and the guy was just staring at himself in the mirror, just jerking off. And like that was getting him hard. I will. I feel like actually that'd be a great thing in a movie. Absolutely. I'm putting that in a movie. Guarantee that that has happened. Yeah. Like, like, oh, wait, 100%. wait, hold on. Let me just, let me just get my edge again. Yeah. Where's the mirror? Fetch me a mirror. <laughs> Fetch me a mirror. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's happened for sure. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, dude, it's so crazy. Um, no, but yeah, that, that's, that's the way I do it is I just, I focus on the thing that I really like about a girl mm-hmm. and it can be, it can be anything. Yeah. You know, it can be a girl's hair mm-hmm. or just her eyes. Mm-hmm. You can't do eyes if you don't like the person though. I think. Yeah. That's like, what I was going to that, say. That, that's usually my issue with, with, with a, uh, with not like working well with another female, mm-hmm. like with a female talent is like, I, uh, if <laughs> it's going to, I'm sure somebody can twist this. It sounds, make it sound really fucked up. But if I don't like you as a person, mm-hmm. then it's going to be really difficult for me to have sex with you. Of course. You know, like if, if you're, and I don't mean, I, I purely mean this in like, if you treat people like shit, if you're like a rude person or yeah. just like, you know, like if you, if you've treated the, that's one thing that kills me, dude is when other talent treat crew mm-hmm. like they're second class citizens, sub, mm-hmm. subhuman things yeah. like that. I re I really don't like that. Yeah. That bothers me. Um, yeah. it's the same kind of tennis shit. Like if you go on a date with somebody and they're rude to like service people at a yes. restaurant, you're just like, Oh no, you're that think, kind of person. Yeah. 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 It's like, Oh, I'm exactly what you're talking about. Your carriage has arrived. Like, <laughs> fuck you. Ugh, gross. So I want to ask you about um, another thing. Yes. Your your father is black. He is. And I will admit. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> your father is black, and I have a vagina. Who fucking knew? <laughs> so I will admit that I didn't thing. know that until you posted that picture of him online. Mm-hmm. Because you do look. Yeah. You know this. You know, you look very white. What? So, <laughs> My mind is being blown. <laughs> yeah. so how was that for you growing up? Cause you're biracial. Yeah. It growing up, it was, it was really weird. Like I, I didn't know it was weird until I was an adult. Of course. As a child, like, see... well, as children don't see color. They don't become racist until they're told, taught by other people right. to become racist or until society tells yeah. you you're different or you're weird. It's very much learned. Yeah. Um, yeah, I um, I just had some some really strange experiences at that. <clears throat> like, um, first off, I was the only mixed kid that I knew. 
Mm-hmm. There wasn't any other when Columbus. Do you not have any siblings? I have a sister, but she has a different mom. Okay. But she also looks really light skinned. Mm, okay. like she looks black, but she's very light skinned. So mm-hmm. I think my, my, my dad's genes um, from mixing in during slavery was a lot of, has made their side look significantly lighter. Yeah. Like, but it's weird because there's some people on my dad's side who are yeah. very dark skinned. And then the majority of them are like, not as like how, you know, one in four of a, of an offspring was, is, um, will take on the recessive genes as opposed to the dominant genes. Correct. You know? Yeah. So, and by the way, like mixed race kids are always the best looking kids. Fucking like right. they really are. There was a really interesting, like Freakonomics, um, a documentary about how, and they were searching for like the most beautiful person in the world. And the, mm. the, like the, a worldwide ideal, like definition of beauty. And they actually, in the end, I think concluded that it was literally like a mix of all of the races. Mm-hmm. Like just, you know, a person that was just everything. Well, way to cover all your bases. <laughs> I guess so, right? Yeah. No, but you can right. come out and be the like, most oh. politically correct answer yeah. is everyone. Every- <laughs> <laughs> but it's but it, true though. It was it's, interesting. It's I mean, it, there was this whole, yeah. I, I should find it, but there was a whole science thing and they did like, you mm-hmm. know, like, um, uh, cause people usually find beauty is, um, symmetry, symmetry. Yeah. yeah. And just that, um, inbreeding with, you know, and within like your own race and constant inbreeding right. is actually like you pick up a lot more, um, Ma- yeah. Problems. Yeah. Um, it's true. Yeah. Um, but, um, I think also with that, just like with genetics, it's throughout history, <clears throat> we've, just like animals, we've evolved things that are more attractive or less attractive. You know what I mean? That these are mm-hmm. things that have happened to encourage breeding. Right. Like, you know what I mean? And this is with animals too. Like, you know, all different types of animals will have different markings and stuff yeah. that the other sex of the animal finds more attractive. Right. Or, which obviously with in, including humans, like, I mean, it doesn't – sexual orientation doesn't matter as much. Right. But just evolutionarily, we do develop traits that – traits like that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So – I think that the whole mixing of all the races, it just brings you all the different demographics of those things together. Mm. And maybe that's why. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. know if that's exactly it, but yeah. <clears throat> that seems like a, a thought process that could be. That would make sense. Yeah. <clears throat> and maybe that maybe that's why we find it attractive. And because we haven't seen it as much. Mm-hmm. You know this what I mean? True. Like we haven't, the world hasn't seen the quarter Chinese, quarter German, quarter African Quarter, yeah, quarter because, Saudi Arabian kid. Like right. that, that kid, uh, there's not many of that kid. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's because like you see them and they're like, beautiful because it's something different. Yeah. And I mean? I mean, we've only been able to like travel, you know, quickly between For like continents in the last years. Hun- yeah. I mean, <laughs> the last hundred years, really. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay. So, sorry. So, back to you. No, no. But so I think that maybe that's, maybe that's why that study feels that way. Mm-hmm. You know, because when you're, when you, just like with plants, when you're like, when you're mixing, um, like with the hybrid theory thing I was talking about, when you're mixing different plants, it'll take on the stronger genes right. of the other plants. Yes. Usually, except yes. for the hybrids. Or the, not the hybrids, but the, the one one out of four. Right. Yeah, so maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. That's science shit. I fuck stuff. I don't know. I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know what. I, I read a lot and I watch a lot of lectures, <laughs> but that's all I fucking know on the subject. Um, but with me, oh, yeah, back to me being when I, when I was like being a kid that was mixed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting because I, I never really had much time to like, 
I, I never had other mixed kids to really relate to, mm-hmm. I guess, on that level. But also, I didn't really know growing up in the house I grew up in, I had no idea that there was any issue with what I saw at home. Right. right? I didn't know that there, that society had put a stigma on the, on the inner, like an interracial marriage, mm-hmm. you know, cause that's such a fucking ridiculous term. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I hate that shit. Um, but it's, yeah, I, I never knew that. Cause I always knew this large black fella was my dad mm-hmm. and, this little uh, brown haired or yeah, brown haired white lady is my mom. And mm-hmm. that's, I didn't, I didn't see them as black or white. You right. know what I mean, I just saw them as my parents. Right. And I would see other parents that were both looked similar. You know, mm-hmm. they both had the same skin color, like either whatever it is. And I, I didn't think of it as me being weird or something being wrong. Mm-hmm. It was just something that I observed. And then it was not until I started going to school and stuff that I noticed there was an issue. Like, some kids weren't allowed to come over to my house because my dad was black. And wow. like, it was really strange occurrences like that. One of the weirdest ones was my parents and I were at the Ohio state fair when I was like yeah, six, seven, I don't know. I was around that age. And, um, we had, my mom had gone off to the restroom. So I was just standing there with my dad and mm-hmm. I was, you saw the picture of me when I was a kid. I was like a little yeah. blonde haired, yeah. little skinny yeah, little yeah. white kid. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I'm standing there and I'm holding this like six, one, six, two, 320 pound black guy's yeah. hand. And I'm just like standing there and these cops come up and they like separated us. They got in between us and they're like, excuse me, son. Like, do you know who this, do you know who this man is? That's, that's touching you. And I was like, what? Like, oh <laughs> and I was like, just didn't know. I was like, yeah, it's, my dad and my dad is like fuming. My dad's like furious, you know, and like I get all like emotional. I talk about this kind of stuff, but so my dad's fucking furious and I'm freaking out cause I'm a child and I don't know why this person's trying to separate me from my dad. Yeah. And then finally my mom comes back out and, uh, you know, she's freaking out on the cops too. She's like, Oh my God, what, what's happening? What's happened? Blah, blah, blah. And they're like, well, we were just trying to see what, you know, this, this man was doing with this young co- or with this young child here. And she's like, that's my husband and my son. Like, what are you talking about? And they were like, well, it's just, he didn't look, they didn't look like, you know, yeah. they didn't look like I was his dad. Is he adopted or is he, and they, they kept going on this thing. And I'm just like freaking out as a little kid at the yeah. fair right now. And, um, yeah, so that was, that was a rough one. That's a really horrible no, experience. Cause they're but, also like cops are like authority figures, exactly, you know, then yeah. suppo- they're supposed to always be right and enforcing the law. So like they're, they teach us they're the good guys. Right. And, and so just, for them to like create this big, kind of question mark in your, yeah, you know, was, between your parents. That's that terrible. That was fucking rough, man. I don't know. I was, yeah, it was, that was a scary moment. Um, but I, and also I didn't understand the gravity of that until I was an adult. Mm-hmm. Like once I was an adult and I revisited that memory, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Like that is fucked up. Yeah. Like, and it's even more fucked up that these cops thought they were doing the right thing. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, the psychology of that. Yeah. It's like these. Oh, we're we're about to save this little white kid from this scary black guy. Yeah. Like, holy shit! Like, yeah. it's my dad. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, even if you were adopted, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Just because he's a large black man, he can't. That child can't possibly be with him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, how do you feel about interracial porn then? I think the term interracial is horribly offensive and okay. until we meet aliens, there's no such thing as interracial porn. Right. I don't think Cause the human race is actually literally just one race. Yeah. We are one yeah. thing. We just yes. kind of look a little different yes. and that's evolution 
that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's us adapting to the environments that we're in. Right. That has nothing to do with a race. Right. <clears throat> now, I mean, I think I do, I do find, like, I find issue like with the word race anyway, mm-hmm. but I just, to, to not like argue that point so much of the term mm-hmm. race. Mm-hmm. I think, I do think the term interracial is fucked up because I do think there's racial things like, um, you know, there's, how do I explain this? There's like, there's, there's things that are like black culture things, right? Right. There's, I think, I think race is more ridiculous than the, than culture. Okay. Culture is one thing, right? Mm-hmm. But race, it would be different if like white people had wings, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> then it would be like, oh, well, yeah, that's a little different. You know yeah. I mean? But yeah, that's not a thing. Yeah. Would I have one wing? Or just small way. I don't know. But um, so anyway, I think I think that culture is one thing, mm-hmm. and that comes from the region that your family evolved and and lived in mm-hmm. for however ten thousand years. Like right. that's that's what that comes from. Right. And there there are cultural norms and cultural like identity and all that kind of stuff that makes sense. But to imply that we're a different race like a species fucking another species that's crazy right what do you think the draw is of interracial porn i think i think they are playing off of it used to be viewed as taboo right right it was like that's why 60 years ago that's why black people weren't allowed to go to the same schools well and that's why larry flint was shot a lot of people don't know this but larry Mm -hmm. flint was shot you know obviously he's in a wheelchair but he was Mm -hmm. shot because he um published an interracial boy girl spread in hustler magazine jesus that's why he was shot i did not know that yeah Yeah. a lot of people something i should know for some reason a lot of people don't know that yeah so i think that i think that it is marketed um towards that Mm -hmm. it's marketed towards it's marketed towards the taboo it's not marketed towards people who are like accepting that we're all one race and that we're all one yeah. It wouldn't need to be called exactly. that. It would just be porn. Yeah. And you it's almost I mean? and always. I, get, I do get upset because it, this is, like I said, this is the house I grew up in. Yeah. Was this. And now, yeah. and now it's like, you know, I've, I've learned throughout like all like learning in school and what my parents taught me and stuff about what like the civil rights movement was and what it meant and how important it was. And I, I know that about me that if I, if I was born, I could, I could have gone to prison a hundred years ago because I look white. Mm-hmm. And if I passed myself off as white mm-hmm. and then somebody found out my dad was black, I could go, I could be fucked for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like passing was a thing that there wasn't, uh, yeah, you could get in trouble for that shit back mm-hmm. then. And so it's, yeah, this, that, that and <laughs> you'll notice like a lot of the times that this stuff is marketed, mm. it's not. It's not a white guy and a black girl no. like, embracing lovingly and like, no. oh, this is great. Or a black guy and a white girl embracing lovingly and like, like oh, we're going to fuck and this is going to be awesome. And like, it's this like thing. It's always like, it's always portrayed in a way that makes it look taboo or something. Yeah. Like the black well, like, guy is destroyed. Like, it's like, like huge black dick destroys, destroys yeah, white like, pussy. Yeah. It's always like, that kind of shit. Yeah. And, you know, I, had, I, I got into a thing with somebody uh, on another on another discussion I was having where they were like, I like how Xander like pushes off, um, pushes off like uh step family porn. Like it's not a big deal, but that, and then has a big problem with, with uh, interracial porn, like that, that title being inter- interracial. And I was like, yeah, well listen, um, 
interracial is something that reinforces like a 500 year longer stigma of a race being less than another or mm-hmm. perceived in a certain way, or this is how this or person just is. That or this they is how shouldn't it's, mix. And this, and yeah, it's this whole thing that is, it's so disgusting to me that this awful ideal is still perpetuated in our society now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and just to sell shit, you know what I mean? Like where porn has such a fucking reach that I do think that removing that title from it and just making it sex between humans, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like not, don't title it that because that's just weird. Actually, fuck that. Sex Sex between humans. I'm making that movie. I'm making sex between humans. You should do an interracial (laughs) movie that's just called called Sex Sex Between Between Humans. Humans. I like it. I'm doing it. You'll probably beat me to it. Yeah. It's it's fine. You can, you have, you can have that one. You can have that one, but I'm directing it. I love it. Oh Yeah. There we go. And you can direct me in something because I'll be in it. Woo! Talk to browsers. Uh, I will. Um, but no, I think um, I, I – I, but that's the thing too. To be fair, like I understand that it's certain people's bread and butter, right? Mm-hmm. But I also think that unless people stand up and say that we are the same race and <clears throat> that that taboo of that stigma mm-hmm. needs to be gotten rid of, then it's just going to keep happening. Yeah, I think it's Because there's nothing wrong at all. I think it's beautiful. Like, that's how I was fucking made. Yeah. Like, there's nothing, there's, it shouldn't even be something that you go like, oh, interracial, it's a black guy and a white girl. Like, no, they're just fucking. They're just yeah. people with a penis and a vagina and they're putting them in each other. Like, yeah. they're just doing that, that. That's not, it's, it's offensive to me <clears throat> to do that. And it's, and they always, they always market this shit with like the girl, like, oh no, or, like, mm-hmm. I'm ashamed. Like, they, 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 they always like do that like kind of thing. Like girls never had a BBC before. Yeah. First and like, time. yeah. Like, oh, oh, this is the thing. Like, what? Yeah. Like, what? Stop fetishizing a human being in that way. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just like, and then there's some of these sites that were, you have one of my buddies on here who's gone through this before, but one of my friends was legitimately told, he can't shoot for a site because he's not black enough. Yes. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like that. So clearly it's not a, it's not a matter of a black person and a white person, right? Mm-hmm. Or a black person and any other type. Cause that's it, to be honest, that's what interracial is. Yeah. It means black. Yeah. That's all it is, which is yeah. fucking ridiculous as well. Yeah. So. <clears throat> Cause it doesn't mean like it puts Latin it on the fucking nose. And, yeah. No, it doesn't mean anything. And it also, Asian and Latin, nothing. And it, it just also, means black person. And it also so like, Never goes the opposite way where like the no. girl's black and the guy's no. white. It <laughs> That's doesn't. not labeled in a racial. Yeah. It's, and so it, it's, it's fucking ridiculous, man. And so, um, shit, where was I going? I forgot. You were talking about your friend who came on here right. to talk about. Yeah. And to be, to, to have that as a, as a knowledge that, so it's, it's, it's clearly not a matter of, of, um, a black person and a white person, right? It's, yeah. It's, you're, you're saying you want this specific looking person, right? Mm-hmm, you right. want this specific thing. Right. You want this image to be portrayed. This right. one image. Not the fact that there are lighter skinned black people and there are all different types of things. You're trying to portray one certain image mm-hmm. to sell this thing. Right. So it isn't about anything but that one image. Absolutely. And that is where it hits it on the nose and it's undeniable what they're trying to like portray. Because yeah. you won't just take any black person. Mm-hmm. You have to take a black person that fits your little demographic of what you think is going to sell. Yeah, that's absolutely true. So on to why I think capitalism is the fucking devil. Right? Um, 
which I do. <laughs> but, uh, Have you, it's so uh, interesting. I had Nicole Aniston on a couple uh, of episodes ago when we went into that. You've yeah. worked with her, right? Yeah, yeah, I know it. Yeah, I know Nicole. Yeah. I could imagine like just the two of you just like yeah. having the two of you on this show. I'd be yeah. like, like, all right, you guys go. I'm out of here. <laughs> you just no, but, two hours. Yeah, I, that that is the thing that really upsets me though is that interracial is not implying Asian and white or um, Latino and Middle Eastern. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not implying any of that interracial just means black person. And that is fucking awful because now you're not even, you're not, you're saying you are basically saying that every other demographic of people, every other culture in the world is the same except for fucking black people. Mm-hmm. That is fucking horrible. Well, and you know, the thing is, is that interracial is really only big in America and like interracial doesn't exist. Nobody in gives Europe. a shit anywhere else in the in world. Europe, so you just no do it in the like, most racist country. Yeah. <laughs> like this well, is where you're going to sell the racist shit. That's because Capitalism we're so hung up dumb. on our, <laughs> on our racist past. Yeah. Here and there's and also crazy. too interracial porn is uh, consumed more in uh, red states where there's like you don't say the south and so it's a really interesting dynamic yeah where basically where it would be the most taboo is where it's the most popular yeah. and I guess that's so the people so the people who use cuck as an offensive term mm-hmm. are the people who watch porn that makes them feel cucked. Yeah, I guess so. Wow, what's the psychology there? I don't I just don't understand. People are always into Fucking idiots. porn that I think is resonates with something that's taboo in their life. I mean, I like cartoons, world. so maybe that's <laughs> why I only okay, watch so cartoons. Okay, so actually this brings up an interesting question. Uh-huh. If you were say you were to watch porn for enjoyment, mm-hmm. what porn do you what kind of porn do you watch? Cartoons. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. All hentai all the time. Okay, can I kind of say that maybe me a little bit too? Because I'm so fucking jaded uh-huh. that like regular porn is yeah. work for me. And also too, my biggest problem is I know everybody in all That's this That's my scene. big issue too. I can't masturbate to people that I know on a personal level. Especially when I started this yeah. podcast. Yeah. Like once I know how you feel about God and the universe, there's no way. I can't masturbate to you anymore. You ruined it. <laughs> what if I was just a just a nice little praying boy? Then no, like, like yeah. <laughs> then you'd be like, yeah, on your knees, boy. That's fucking. <laughs> yeah, my cup's gonna runneth over. I don't know. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I um, yeah, like I. That's my other thing too. I can't watch. I can't watch mainstream porn because I'm just like I critique. Yes, I've that too. Or like, you I'm know like, the location, honestly, you know this. who shot it. Yeah. Like, you're like, oh, I dad did a scene on that couch. Yeah. Like, it's mm-hmm. just, yeah. And all, most of the time for me is like, I'm, 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 if I'm watching porn, like I'm a, I'm a jiggle person. Mm-hmm. I like jiggle. Okay. Like butt jiggle and boob jiggle. Like, uh-huh. I love, that's what I'm like. <laughs> right, right, right. That's, um, yeah, that's my like thing. And, uh, so many fucking times when I'm trying to watch like human porn, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm sitting there like, move your fucking arm, dude. Like why you're blocking a whole titty. I can't, I can't do this. And I have to change it. Cause like, his fucking arms just in front and the titties like back here. And I'm like, I want to see it. I yeah. want to see the whole like lines. I want to yes. see it. Uh, so I, I just critique and then I'm like, you know, and anime hentai porn, it's, uh, and, and it's a world you don't in which you can open. literally create anything you want. Yeah. You know how many tentacles can fit inside of a hentai girl, a, as many as you can as draw. As many as you, you can draw, want. as many as you want, this and they will true. all fit. And she's gonna love it. It's gonna be great. It's like <laughs> you know, there's actually there's a there's a whole thing on Reddit, uh, and it's it's cool because a lot of the the tentacle whatever is yeah. all all very aggressive. Yes, and, um, there's a whole thing on there called consenticles. 
and it's, it's it's all like willing girls who like really want to get fucked by the tentacles and it's all oh my god it's so hilarious. it's all like girls like super into it like yay tentacles and it's it's really cool i love it it's really, i gotta watch i think that. it's a great thing oh my god yeah consenticles is awesome but okay. yeah I, I love the 3d stuff now that yeah. they have that's so t- fucking cool man it's crazy what shit. you can do now with the, yeah. i mean i almost like Hopefully, like regular porn doesn't become obsolete because then you and I are out I of the job. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Yeah, I guess that's no. true. There's just new, there's going to be like, it was the same thing. Like, I remember back in the day when, you know, when I was working for Penthouse Only, it was, you know, they had, oh, we have the 3D cameras and this is where porn's oh going. Oh my God, they this is where porn's going. so and then much money. And t- yeah. yeah, Penthouse nobody went after the 3D shit. market more than anybody. And, yeah, uh, and nobody pretty sure cares they about 3D. It. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you get it. I had fun. You know? I had fun when they had the big monitors, and I yeah. put I put the glasses on and just swing my dick in front of the camera. Like, whoa, <laughs> shit! Oh man, that was fun. That was about it. Okay, so I have one final question for you. I feel like we've really run the gamut. We've explored every single topic. Yes. So it was Suicide Awareness Day. Yes. Um, a couple weeks ago. And I saw you post on Twitter about how you had a really bad relapse. Yes. And Seth Gamble rescued you from a hotel room. He did. Can you tell us about that? Because I know you've struggled with drinking yeah. over a long period of time. <laughs> yeah. I, um, yeah. So basically <clears throat> I, I was doing pretty good for a while and, um, I had a big situation change and I basically just had to start over my life again. I've started over so many times mm-hmm. in the past and I was just turning 30. Mm-hmm. Um, on November 17th, I was booked to uh, to be one of the hosts on the AVN nominations award party, right? Like the big party right. at the Avalon. <clears throat> um, and so I'd thought a lot about different things and I'd really di- dove back into drinking and I was just living in a hotel room and I was like <laughs> – Basically, my plan was to spend all the money that I had saved for you know, rainy day stuff on just living in a hotel, drinking as much as I can, partying as much as I can until the night of November 17th where I would go out and host this show, make everybody laugh, entertain everybody, and then kill myself that night so that on my 30th birthday, I would that would be my poetic exit from the world. Wow. Yeah. I'm a fucking drama queen. So <laughs> that was, uh, that was my, that was my plan. That was my poetic ending. How long did you think about this plan? Um, I've been thinking about it for, God, when was that? Like two weeks or something. Okay. When it first came into my mind. Um, because I, I, it had weighed so heavily on me that I had literally had to start over and I was already struggling with some things before that. Mm-hmm. And, um, just the idea of like, dude, you're fucking 30. Now you have to start over again. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you know, not like living on your friend's couch and blah, 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 and all this kind of stuff. And like, I was like, no, I want to go out in complete control. Like, this is my shit. Right. I didn't realize I wasn't in control. <laughs> Obviously, <Yeah. laughs> that's pretty clear. But, um, so, man, it's weird to talk about. <laughs> um, yeah, so my my major issue with when I get horribly depressed is I isolate. That's very normal. Yeah, and quite I typical. Completely. Yeah, I I shut out everyone, and I yeah. don't want anyone to know that there's something wrong. Right, right. So I just I, I'm extra. <laughs> I'm extra like <laughs> fucking jokes and like yeah. you know, making everybody laugh. Yeah. Um. 
<clears throat> until I get alone, and then it's just like silence and drinking. Yeah. Um, so at the AVN party, actually, it was it was weird because there was a moment where like everybody was like, "Oh my god, you were so funny! That was awesome!" Blah blah, blah. and like everybody loved it. Like people were just they were saying all that kind of stuff when that, they would see me privately that night, mm-hmm. like we're at the party. Seth and his girlfriend uh, Kenzie were the only ones. Like Seth came up to me, I saw them, and I was like, "Hey, blah, 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 what's going on, guys? How you doing?" Blah, blah. And Seth's like, "You're fucked." And I was like, "What?" And he was like, "You're you're going through it right now, aren't you?" And I was like, "I mean, yeah." <laughs> you know, wow. he was the only one that like uh, could see that there was really something wrong. You know, yeah. So, well, having gone through it himself, yeah. no, I yeah. mean, you re- you see yourself in other known, people. He's known me for ten fucking years, yeah. so he could see that I was coming on undone there, you know. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, I spent. I tried to do it that night, but luckily, Honeygold stopped me from doing that. Uh, like talking to me all night, and uh, then. When she left, I tried again. So I would just, I would, I ordered like three bottles of Jameson at a time. Yeah. And I had like my pet, like the sleeping pill stuff there. And I was yeah. taking things and trying to just drink them down and right. putting down like at least two or three bottles of that in like a couple of hours. And right. I just, every time I would wake up again. And on that third day <clears throat> of me, just trying and trying and trying and trying to play it cool too with people like, yeah. Oh, I'm just partying, man. I'm just, I'm just doing this, just getting shit out of my head. Yeah. Finally, I guess Sandra had found out where I was. My agent found out where I was since Seth. And it was so weird because when I was laying in the bed and I was still hitting that bottle, like, cause that's, a, that was my plan. I wanted to just drink so much and take these sleeping pills until I just fell asleep. And that was it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I thought about doing some other things since I was running out of options at that point. And I was like, I'm ruining the thing. It was supposed to be on my birthday. And now it's two days after my birthday. <laughs> like the whole fucking thing is gone. Talk about control. Yeah. No, it was really stupid. And like, I was going to try to hang myself from the thing as stupid, but the door situation. And then, um, God damn. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And so I was laying in that bed and I heard a knock on the door and I don't know why, I don't know what rang in my mind, but I was like, that's fucking Seth. I was like, please don't be fucking Seth. Like anyone but Seth. Like, don't be fucking Seth. Yeah. I get to the door and I look through the thing. It's fucking Seth. And I was like, oh, fuck. Ugh, this is that, that that moment that I'm going to have to face all this shit now. Yeah. You know, I didn't get away with it. I didn't like get able to just end it and never. And so he came in the room and we had like a little mini meeting. You know? Yeah. Like a mini AA thing. Yeah. And, like, he told me his story more. Um, <clears throat> I talked about what was going on with me, and then, um, and then he, uh, he <laughs> a fucking asshole. He took a picture of me, like sitting there, like looking like shit, mm-hmm. like whatever. And he's like, "I'm going to show this to you in a year, and you're going to see like how much better you are once you've gotten your shit together." Yeah. And yeah, so that'll be a year and uh, a couple months. <laughs> So I bet he's got that picture. But, yeah, he does. Oh yeah, he does. I bet he's waiting. Yeah, he is. And, um, so he, uh, you know, I, I, I spent, uh, a couple months in AA, like meeting people and like getting a lot of the support I needed. And right. then I, I didn't, AA wasn't for me. Like right. I, I, I was one of those guys who needed AA at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 
uh, after, after I had stabilized myself and like gotten to where I feel good again, then mm-hmm. I, I was able to like move away from it and not do and not like go, but I still like love the people in a, mm-hmm. and the people I met are really awesome. I still hang out with some of them. Um, but, um, I think there's a lot you can take away from the program that are just tools for living, Yeah, but you don't necessarily have to make it a part of your life. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's and not think, for everybody, but I think that, I think there's a lot of things in there that it can teach people. Yeah. Um, but you know, whether or not you need to be actively involved in it forever is, it's different for everyone. Yeah. And that's a great thing about it is like, you can do whatever you want. Like it's yeah. your pro it's your life, you know, it's your journey. Yeah. And I think that, um, I think it's beautiful and I think it's a, a wonderful thing for someone to have. Um, I just, yeah, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't the right thing for me. Yeah. And like, even now, like I'll, like I, like I was telling you earlier, like I, I'll have a drink every now and then, mm-hmm. but I, I literally, I do not like the feeling of alcohol anymore. Mm. So I can like have a drink and be like, all right, cool. Like whatever, that's fine. But then a second drink is like, no. Cause I, mm-hmm. if I, as soon as I feel that feeling of like, ugh, like I feel that like, the, okay, the, the the drunkenness feeling, like the buzz feeling coming on used to be this thing that was like, fuck yeah, here we go. And I was yeah. like, this is the shit. Yeah. Like, let's fucking get wasted. Let's do this. And it, it incited more party. Right. Now it's like, ooh. Yeah. Like, it, I don't like it. Do you, do you think it's kind of almost like a warning sign of, of that night? I'm sure that could be tied like to that you, somehow. Like, yeah. you know how some people... You know that that age old thing, like you catch your kids smoking cigarettes and you just make them smoke a whole pack of cigarettes because mm-hmm. they hate it so much they never want to touch it again. Yeah. Do you think maybe it's something that was my smoke the whole pack? Yeah, thing. smoke yeah, the like, whole pack thing. Like, like you yeah. kind of like, and now you associate um, being drunk with such a bad experience that like your body almost kind of like physically rejects it. I I think it, it I think it's more than that one experience. I think it's nine eight nine years of my life. Longer than that, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, just being drunk as fuck all the time, not caring about any of my responsibilities. Right. Covering it with that whole like punk rock, I don't give a fuck, I'm gonna die soon anyway, type thing. You right. know, like that. But that was the the skewed uh perspective I was seeing from and yeah, it because I was running away from dealing with a lot of the psychological damage and right. And alcohol is a great and, coping. Yeah, mechanism. it's fucking awesome. You forget it, all the stuff and you it makes like, gets you out of your head. Yeah. And so, yeah. um, it relaxes inhibitions, all that. Yeah. And I, I was using that as a mechanism to, like as a coping mechanism, but really not even a coping mechanism, just a way to forget, yeah. you know, to just black all those things out yeah. and never deal with like the deep seated fucking problems that I do have. And, and, and all, some, like so many of my problems, yes, yes, they come from my childhood. Like I, like the certain abuse things that happened and like all this other really shitty stuff that happened when I was a kid and just the emotional shit with my parents. Um, but I, I know this now and it's not of the thing like, it's not a thing where I'm like, well, like, well, I'm an asshole because my parents were assholes and that's how it is. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, I know why I feel like shit about stuff, mm-hmm. but it's not an excuse for me to be shitty also. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this is, these are, these are feelings that now I can isolate and learn from. Right. And I can be like, Oh, so when somebody like, for instance, my, my dad's side of the family has a big issue and my mom's side of the family, like my whole family has an issue. Like where it's like, if I didn't talk to you for like two months mm-hmm. or something and I finally call you or something, you're like, Oh, well, like I'm beginning to forget what you looked like. Well, mm-hmm. like, and it's, they hit you with that kind of shit. And I'm like, dude, I don't want to fucking call you anyway. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't even want to talk to you now. 
and also phones work both ways, motherfucker. Like it, it's so it's when people try to hit you with like I, guilt, mm-hmm. like guilting is really something I don't react well to. Yeah. Because my initial response is to cower. Yeah. Cause that's what uh, back to being a kid. Cause my parents were very emotionally manipulative people. Right. And so, sorry, mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. You know it. Um, but, uh, <laughs> so, uh, my, my, my initial response is to cower and try to fix it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I immediately go to subservient mode and I want to be like, what can I, how can I, what can I do? Yeah. Like, how can I help the, like, how, totally, can, how can I make me okay again? I'm totally the same way. And I, I can see that now. Mm-hmm. And instead of just reacting that way, like, I don't, I think that your natural responses to things aren't like not natural, but you know what I mean? Your program responses aren't something that you should be like, Oh no, like don't recognize that that's a thing. Like no, recognize it 100% yeah. and learn how to counter it. Yeah. So that when that when that feeling comes on, of me being like, I'm ashamed that you're sad. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so fuck. Like you just say it out loud. It's yeah. so stupid. Yeah. But when that comes on to me, it's like it's my responsibility to ensure that you're happy. Yeah. Right. Which is it's a massive problem to have. Right. But I can see that, and then and then redirect that in my mind to be like, no, like you're not the problem here. Mm-hmm. Like if you just because you can't make somebody laugh and you can't. Make be the reason for their happiness all the right. time. Just go play video games, dude. Like yeah. go do your thing. Let them figure it out and right. just tell them you'll be there when they want to talk about it. Right. And that's fine. Like take all the time you need. I'm going to go do my stuff until yeah. you're ready to talk about Trying it. Trying to accept responsibility for other people's feelings and their actions is like one of the most painful things because you yeah. can't change other people and you can't change how they feel and you can't change how they act. I mean, yeah. obviously on certain levels you can, but like intrinsically, if somebody's got like a serious issue with whatever, like you can't right. change that person. The only thing that you can do is allow space for them to hopefully recognize it and fix it themselves. But we're all responsible for our own problems. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that you need to do is recognize your problems because so many of us are always in victim mode, right? And it's always mm-hmm. about like, yeah. the, like, they did this to me, they did this to me. And instead of like, recognizing your part in something. And that's actually right. one of the huge lessons that I learned from the 12 step program is recognizing your own part in something yeah. and not carrying whatever, you know, issues you developed in childhood, which we all yeah. have them. And, and, you know, it's my responsibility to try to not carry those into adulthood yeah. and to recognize them and to try to work on them and try to be a better person. And we'll never be perfect. Oh, ever. Yeah. That's, that's not a realistic goal, no. but, <laughs> but we can with, try. but with those kind of things too, it's like, People use that as an excuse, right? To they use that to validate their behavior and every other thing that they do in their lives. Yeah. So they're like, "Well, I'm I'm an alcoholic because of this, blah blah,", blah. and that's why I'm drinking all the time. Like, so you haven't even tried to solve the problem; mm-hmm. you just countered one problem with another problem, mm-hmm. and that's that's ridiculous, right? That's, it, and that's what people do because it's the easier way to deal with it. It takes so instead much- of going and you 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 run from your demons and and, and yeah. just run 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 run, but Demons can outrun you. <laughs> they can run forever. You can't. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so it's like that's one of those things where it's better to turn around and face them and then make them feel small right. because they belong to you. You don't belong to them. Yeah. Like, those are your demons. You don't, right. you don't belong to the demons. So, but yeah, it's that, that's also- why I don't use all those things as an excuse right. for like, I'm like, oh, I know why I'm a certain way. Uh-huh. I know why I'm a certain way, but I know how to deal with myself so I don't right. repeat the same mistakes. I wish I would have had that knowledge throughout all my like relationships and stuff like that. Like, but I needed, you couldn't have no, though, because know, you needed those experiences 100%, to get to dude. where you are. And that's the thing too, is like, I've never been one of those people who's just like, 
you know, after any type of relationship, like, oh, they were just like that. They're just crazy. And they're the problem. I was like, no, I'm a fucking lunatic too. I'm fucking crazy. And I I recognize that. Mm -hmm. I know that I'm not perfect. I know that I have a lot of issues with self-worth and depression and all that. kind. I know I have those things. And when you take two people in a thing and they both have those kind of issues. Yeah. Cause misery that, that I've been attracted to. Yeah. Like I basically, I get with people who are like me mm-hmm. and a lot of times. Cause that's familiar. With friendships too. With friendships too. And yeah. not just saying in romantic relationships is I, you know, I, I get with people who are emotionally broken in similar ways than I am, mm-hmm. you know, or have cracks in the similar way that mm-hmm. I do. And I try to fix them. Right. Right. Because and then I you don't to, have to worry about yours. Yeah, fucking A, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I try to like, but I don't, I, it's not an escapism thing. It's just what feels right. Right. You know what I mean? And it makes me feel good that I helped. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, no, all you're doing is putting band-aids on fucking gaping wounds. Like you're yeah. not helping. Like you're just distracting. Right. You're rather, you'd rather dance around and make somebody smile. And that's not going to put the fire out <laughs> that right. they're on. You know, you're like, ah, but yeah. if you're laughing, it's okay. Like, you know, it's not okay. You're yeah. on fire. You need to fix that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's so I'm glad I'm learning about myself so much that I can. So how has this past year been for you? Have you been like doing a lot of therapy that's helped you yeah. recognize this and reach this? Yeah. I have a therapist through Kaiser and that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You know, how I feel about insurance companies, but <laughs> back to capitalism. I pay a lot of fucking money for this shit. <laughs> Take it on my taxes. But the, um, uh, no, I, yeah, therapy is awesome. I've actually gotten into it. That's so like, I've gotten into like my little group of friends is a bunch of very like little hippie, witchy people. Mm-hmm. And we all are really into talking about how things make us feel. Yeah. So we have our own little like therapy group almost. It's That's really cool. Great. I've never had a support group like this. That's great. You know what I mean? And not to say anything like I've like, like I said earlier, honey and, Seth and Sandra absolutely saved my life. And that's, I wouldn't be, and I'm not saying anything's like, that's a separate kind of support system. Mm-hmm. Right to that. Like, cause obviously Seth is like my fucking right. Like we don't hang out all the time. We don't like, we're not constantly like arm in arm dudes, yeah. but I've known he was the first friend I made in porn. So he's yeah. obviously going to be one of my best friends now. And we, that motherfucker and I have seen some shit together, yeah. like party day stuff. Holy shit. Yeah. Like we should not be alive. The way we used to party together was horrifying. Yeah. It was so bad, but you know, I would always be there for him if he really needed. And you know, Sandy, obviously my agent is like a mm-hmm. fucking mother to, you know, so it's mm-hmm. like, that's, you know, I've got that support. Isn't it amazing how, but, and, and I probably excluding, I actually, I don't know Sandra's past and, and her, whatever she's been through, but isn't it amazing how people like honey, you know, who has dealt with depression and suicide attempts herself and Seth, who's dealt with depression and like serious addiction problems, how those are the, like all these people who were in, you know, the deepest, darkest recesses of their mind. Those are the kinds of people that rise up to help you because they understand you. And it's like, crazy how all of that energy can go into create all that energy that was once used to create such a negative environment and, and make people do such horrible negative things to themselves can come together to, you know, enact a positive thing, which is basically to save your life. Well, I think that, I think that that is more, um, I think that energy, that force of will there 
is it's the same energy, right? Mm-hmm. So people like that and addicts and stuff and like people who fall into these deep depressions and all that stuff mm-hmm. have an immense amount of energy, right? Right. And them, they have immense amount of will and all this stuff in them. Mm-hmm. They just turn it in on themselves as yeah. opposed to focusing it. Like, Cause you imagine with all that brain power that <sighs> it takes for you to let your mind spiral out of control into these. And I do this every fucking day, yeah. but to let your mind spiral out of control into these crazy conspiracy theories and these loneliness and how everything is going to end up horrible. Mm-hmm. And, just these absolute doom, intricate doom scenarios yeah. that I wake up every morning and just, that's the first thing I think about. Like yeah, yeah. I have to change myself out of it. Yeah. Like that amount of creativity is like Steven Spielberg level creativity right yeah. there. And if imagine like it would I mean, be so, so many incredible if we focused artists it. suffer yeah. from serious depression and addiction, but problems. because they, in, in those things, they've learned to focus that energy right. onto another story exactly. and something different onto creating something. And then yeah. they create some fucking crazy masterpiece with all that energy that wasn't being concentrated on mm-hmm. self destruction and all this right. other stuff. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so, it's so much potential. And I think that's part of our, our existential crisis as humans at this m- moment in history mm-hmm. is that there's nothing for us as a group to be like, yes, we're like, we need to fight this. Like, yeah. you know, we need to, oh, this is our great war. This is our thing. Yeah. We're just fucking sitting here. So yeah. all that energy just goes inside and yeah. just creates this little Well, because humans are- Fusion bomb. I had an interesting conversation with a friend of mine who was like, you know, human beings- Fusion, fusion bomb, sorry. <laughs> we are by nature problem solvers, right? So yeah, if we don't yeah. have like- problems that are put in front of us to solve like we're going to create problems within ourselves literally we're literally going out of nothing because it's like our our mind needs to constantly be like working on something this is why i play video games i'm serious (laughs) i'm dead serious like this is why because if i'm just sitting there in my house like oh i could be like creating something like thinking of like oh i could create something or write something i could write this new song or i could work on this blah blah, blah. and then i'm like well why are you such a piece of shit why don't you do that oh the reason you don't do that is because and then it's a spiral down this yeah, fucking yeah, thing yeah. it's like oh it just goes dark 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 and so you know that's why i i you know i play video games i hang out with my friends i like always try to be interacting with people it's because i don't I can comfortably be alone now, mm-hmm. you know, now that I've worked on myself a lot more, but mm-hmm. man, back in the day, I just, if I was alone, I was drinking. Yeah. I was drinking oh, I and I wasn't just having a beer. Yeah. Like, beer was my water. Yeah. Like, that was how oh, it I worked. used beer to chase vodka. Oh, me too. I mean, come on. Fuck yeah. That was our old, I mean, no, beer. Not, don't do that. But don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Bad idea. But back in the day, that was our thing. God damn. It's so crazy. Yeah. I mean, I remember it got to the point where I just stopped like pouring vodka into glasses. I was like, well, then I got to wash yeah. all of those glasses and just drink it straight out of the bottle. It's I mean, this extra step. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. What, what kind of Who fancy person am I pretending I am? Like, <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. And I just remember like drink. I just remember like distinctly, like, you know, some of those little like patches towards the end, just me like in my closet, like drinking vodka, like crying. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. this is not where I was meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> or like another really sad thing that we've definitely both done mm. 100% is when you get that last one and you do that like yeah the drip trying to get that last drip of fucking yeah. alcohol or have you bottle. ever like gotten it's so pathetic have you ever tried to drink yourself out of an incredibly bad hangover and then immediately oh, yeah. thrown it up and then thought oh my god i just wasted all that alcohol yeah. in the sink well, it's, I haven't eaten anything in like, you know, a couple of days. Maybe I could just. <laughs> just just have it again. Put it back. I'm fucking telling you, man, that yeah. occurred to me. I never did it, but. 
I ha- it's, definitely the thought occurred has occurred. Like the thought, like I've had those things where I've woken up so hungover that I'm like, is it worth just like laying here and peeing my pants? Oh, I've done nothing. that. Or like, I couldn't get out of or bed. Like, how important is going to get a glass of water? Yeah. Like, could I just lay here for another two hours, mm-hmm. like awake but kind of dreaming, and in this mm-hmm. like weird state of sweaty? coldness oh god that's it's the like, worst that sweaty coldness uh, the, the most uncomfortable thing uncomfortable because you can't you want to cover up in like an absorbent blanket yeah or something because you're like oh this will be warm and like absorb it so even if i do sweat but then the sweat gets cold anyway and you start shivering yeah and then you take it off and then you're really cold yeah yeah <laughs> through this whole situation you've never stopped sweating <laughs> like it's god it's i don't so miss bad. i don't miss those Ugh, gross oh my god but gross, you know what gross, i am gross. gonna miss huh. i'm gonna miss you because Aww. we have to end this podcast because it's literally Same two way. hours it's like <laughs> double the amount of time that my shows normally are oh wow but it's been amazing i rant sorry no honestly i feel like this has been like one of my best episodes really and, oh my god you this need, has been you, incredible you need to raise your your well, I can't have you on sense. every single time. No, I'm just by saying I'm I'm great <laughs> in, in an interview. <laughs> you need to, you need to no, this is higher been, than little old. This me. has been really great. We've like, oh my god, we talked about like God, capitalism, alcoholism, <laughs> porn, like what, uh, yeah. racism, yeah. like, dude, we we covered all of it. I think we hit some some keynotes. Yeah, it's yeah. been really amazing. Is there anything that you would like to tell your fans before we wrap up? Um, just, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at xcorvus777. Um, uh, my Instagram is Zantastic Voyage. It's just fantastic with an X instead of an F. And, um, uh, also if you want to follow on twitch.tv slash xcorvus777, I'm playing video games and just hanging out and doing stuff on there. So I've also got a, um, a discord channel that I sometimes bring up so that we can actually all talk while I'm like cooking or doing shit around the house. You're going to have to explain discord to me. Cause I've heard that brought up so many times and I don't know what it is. Um, you have Tell to, me you have to be show. invited to the thing or else you know, what? I'm just kidding. It's, oh, it's, it's, like, like, it's like an online, uh, like, like conference call esque kind of thing where okay. you can just talk to a bunch of people in like a chat room with your voice. Oh, it's pretty cool. It's, and it does, it takes no time to make one. It takes oh, three minutes. That's like, yeah. so, cause I see like it as so many people offer it, like as a part of their podcast, you join their Patreon and like discord account. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. And, and now I know. Them. Oh, cool. Well, I'm also, you. I'm starting a podcast as well. So are you, yeah. I'm sure it'll be terrible. It's going to suck. You, you're really horrible. You just, you have no substance. You have mm-hmm. no stories. I almost have nothing yeah. to talk about. You have no opinions, no, no. which is terrible. I, I mean, you got to be passionate about something. Yeah. I don't have any passion. <laughs> have you have a name for it yet? I think we're going to call it the actual fuck. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I think nice. that's what she wants to call it. My friend Misty. Okay. Yeah. So you're going to be I... doing it with Misty. Don. Okay. Yeah, she's she's super into the whole nerd culture thing. So am okay. I. That's mostly what we're gonna be talking about is like sex and nerdy shit and like you know like obviously like comic books, video games, all that kind of stuff. Right. And then just weird. I, I'm 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 into politics. Like people are into sports. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna get super political. Oh, on wow. it, but like, I was gonna say I fucking love your shirt. He's wearing a Bernie 2020 shirt. And but it's in black metal. No, I and I would actually I want to know where you got that from on because. Etsy. Okay, because my boyfriend actually worked on Bernie's campaign really? the last time he ran. That's awesome. He's a huge Bernie fan. Look at the, look at the and he back, also though. likes metal, so. Look at the back. Oh, my God. Fuck. 
It's Bernie Sanders and oh corpse paint. Oh my god, paint. I could get it to him for Christmas. It's really cool. Yeah, it's like fifteen bucks. I got him Etsy. a Slayer Christmas sweater one year, oh, and nice. it was like his favorite yeah. Slayer ugly Christmas sweater. Yeah. It was the best gift I ever gave. That's him. awesome. So I like the, I like the Bernie Slayer. Yeah. Uh, shirt it's fucking great <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this has been really fun though i'm really happy that we finally got to do it yeah me too and I hopefully hope i wasn't too no you were great crazy <laughs> no oh my god i, I just loved it shit, i loved so. it i would we could keep going but um you i think ernie, wa- well, I ernie <laughs> wants to go home i do have a ton of shit to do oh my god so on that note you guys can follow me at holly randall on twitter and on instagram and obviously if you want to support the show go to patreon.com slash holly randall unfiltered i will actually be at avn 2020 i will be at the adult time booth because okay. i have a channel on there now so um what is adult time adult time what is adult time? Well, let me tell you. I'll, I'll just head out. I'm sorry. <laughs> adult time is Gamma's new streaming platform. It's basically like oh, trying right. to create the Netflix, the Netflix of porn. For porn. Yeah, fuck yeah. me, man. And yeah. actually, if you want a free week, people, you can use code Holly and you can get a free week. That's super cool. Good for them. Yeah. So um, I will be uh, doing my podcast live from the booth. So okay, come right. by, say hello, but don't interrupt me if I'm doing an interview. And uh, take a shower and please don't be creepy. (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you so much. Love you. See you next week. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. If you like my podcast, please make sure to give me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It helps me a lot. If you're not listening to me on the iTunes platform, then you can support me in so many other ways. Um, first of all, obviously, I would love it if you would join my Patreon. That's patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered, where not only will all of the donations that I get go towards making this podcast better, but also I offer really, really cool perks in exchange for your support. Um don't forget that I have a new podcast called My LA Porn Job that I am doing with my assistant, Eva, and it is fucking hilarious. And it is available only on my Patreon for only $5 a month. So that's pretty, pretty cheap. And I promise we will make you laugh and we'll give you even more insight into this fascinating business that I work in. You can also join my Facebook group. Go to facebook.com slash groups slash Holly Randall Unfiltered to get access to other exclusive news about the podcast as well as just join our community. Don't forget too that I videotape all of my podcast interviews and you can access all of those at my YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash C slash Holly Randall Unfiltered. You can also email us hollyrandallunfiltered at gmail.com. Or if you want to leave a voicemail to maybe ask a question for one of my upcoming guests or just leave a comment or tell us a crazy story or anything that you want to say, you can call us at 424-216-6967. So please send us an email, leave us a Facebook message, leave us a Patreon message, um, leave us a voicemail, and we will 
maybe get back to you on the show, um, especially the new podcast that I'm doing with Eva, my LA porn job will definitely be uh, responding to some of your messages. And overall, we just want to hear back from you guys want to know how we're doing, what you love about the show, what you hate about the show, who you want to listen to. All of that feedback is super valuable to help me make this show the best that it can be. One last piece of news. I plan on going to the 2020 AVN convention in Las Vegas, and I'm going to bring you this podcast live from the show floor. So that's another reason why I need your financial support, because that's going to be a very expensive trip for me. And um, I'm definitely not making the kind of income from the show yet to cover it, which is fine, but I hope to eventually get there one day. And with your help, I hopefully will. So thank you all so much for listening. Thank you guys for supporting. I appreciate you so much. And um, I'm still like kind of flabbergasted that this show has done as well as it has. And I'm just super grateful for all of you. Next week on the podcast, I have the beautiful and very quickly rising new star, Lacey Lennon. Lacey is young, but she's one of the most professional girls I've ever worked with, especially considering her age. And I think she's going to go really far in this industry. So I was really excited to have her in the studio. I've worked with her quite a few times. And I think you guys are going to enjoy getting to know her as much as I did. So make sure that you come back next week for Lacey Lennon on Holly Randall Unfiltered. <laughs>